0: to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 112 and this week I'm very pleased to be joined by returning guest TJ. Hello TJ. Hey what's up John? What's up? It's been like what a full year since you've been on I think?
1: I was going for the 2018 year in review I think or not year in review like the matches of the
0: year. Oh right 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 okay. So
1: So it's like January I think.
0: I'm very bad as we've learned over the past few weeks of remembering when people are on now, I used to remember pretty well, but we've now, I guess sometime around the time we had hundred episodes, it's like all a fucking blur now in, in, yeah. in my brain. So I couldn't remember if you already, so you've already earned your 2019 Omakase awards ballot. You're very prestigious. Oh yeah. Omakase <laughs> awards. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's all coming up again, awards season and, you know, year interview season, so that's exciting, I guess. But still, the end of September, so maybe a little bit early to start thinking cool. about it. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, what have you been up to since you've been on? It's January's a long time, so
1: uh, not a whole lot. I went to Mania Weekend. I Think I saw you there at the Stardom show for like uh, a second while we were waiting in line at Hanna's line.
0: <laughs> oh, did I talk to you or no? I can't remember.
1: Uh. I think we talked for like a second. Not okay. really, but...
0: I, I, <laughs> like will be, I'm not, I am not trying to sound big time here, but like I talked to so many people that fucking weekend. <laughs> like, anyone <laughs> on Earth could tell me, John, I talked to you for two seconds at Mania Weekend, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. I, that checks out. That's fine.
1: But, yeah, I think we talked then, for like a second while we were... <laughs> everyone was like crowding in line to get in line for Hana.
0: And then I had a, like a bunch of people like Tweeted at me. I, I guess enough people know what I look like too. To, to like a bunch of people tweeted at me afterwards. Like, oh, I saw you, and I wanted to say hi, but I didn't. And I'm like, well, that's first of all, it's kind of weird that you know what I look like. And I, I shouldn't say weird, but like they like you told me that. It's just like, well, now in my head, I'm just gonna think I met you because <laughs> you told me like you wanted to meet me. Look, I am just. I'm gonna be honest with you fair listener and this might come up in a second for a topic but if you see me at any wrestling show or mania weekend i'm just some asshole i'm just some fucking fat fan like everybody else you are more than welcome to say hello to me i don't i don't care i'm not one of these people that finds it weird at all and you don't have to be like intimidated once in a while since i started doing this podcast like people come up to me and they actually like sound you know like it's some kind of fucking honor to meet me. And I'm just like, no, I am an idiot, okay? <laughs> you should not be excited to meet me. It's very disappointing, actually. But no, uh, <laughs> thank you to everybody that, that says hi. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm playing around right here. That is actually a great transition, though. Although you, you have your whole rest of the year. What else have you done other the mania weekend? You must have done some more stuff. I made uh, that all about me. I'm very sorry.
1: As far as wrestling, I went to... uh, Tournament of Survival for GCW in June.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, that that show was great, live. Got to see... uh,
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Who was it? Uh, Sekudo was there. And Kodaka, yeah, he was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. When was I... Oh, God, now now I'm blanking on the name. Mr. Gun. You know, the cop? Ex-cop? Uh, We're both gonna gonna not remember his name right now, not Masaya Takahashi, but his partner.
1: I'm blanking on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm blanking on it too. We're both exposed fake pyro boys. No, Um, but yeah, I thought I thought he was there. Maybe that was last year.
1: No, those two were the only two Japanese guys there. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I went to that.
0: Looking up the (laughs) name. I'm looking up this man's name because I'm so fucking annoyed. But keep going. Sorry. Anything else? Oh, Taki Uweki. How are we? How are we both so stupid? Oh yeah, Taki you Uweki. Yeah, he was last year, I think. <laughs> yeah. Takeda yes, was there, you. I
1: think, too, last year. Yeah. But yeah, I went to that. I went. I just got back from Bloodsport last weekend. That was fun. Show live. Oh.
0: Well. So, so you went up to Atlantic City for that?
1: Yeah, they're both at Atlantic City.
0: Yeah. So where, how was, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm thinking tournament survival last year in Chicago or something, right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. But yeah. So, um, how was Bloodsport? Was that cool?
1: Yeah, it was really fun live. It was a great crowd. I'm not sure how it came across on video. I've seen a lot of mixed things about the show. I mean, I like pretty much everything on it, but it's live. So you kind of get that live bump.
0: I always forget you're like almost a local to me. So are you going to Philly this weekend? Yeah, I'll be in Philly. Okay. So, but not not New York, I'm sure. No. Okay. Um, but I'll be at both, which actually is now a great transition. So, I totally fucking spaced on this last week. I was supposed to plug this, but we, along with the Super J Cast, uh, I helped put together a small meetup for the New York City show. Uh, I picked out a bar I really like. So let me, I'm going to tell a funny. Uh, I don't know. If there's a fun, qualified as a funny story, but a story. My friend, it's it's like a non wrestling fan friend. Totally has nothing to do with wrestling. It's his birthday on Saturday, so I was like, "Ah, uh, fuck! How am I gonna make this work?" But he was nice enough to basically let me. I mean, like he was gonna have his birthday party at this fucking bar that's very close to Hammerstein. So I'm just like, it's okay if some wrestling weirdos come <laughs> to this bar at the same time so we can do as also like a meetup?" And he is. A very sweet man. Shout out to Dan, who will never ever hear this, <laughs> but but uh, he was like, "Sure, that's totally fine." So you can come to Dan's birthday party slash the Super J Cast slash Wrestling Omakase meetup at Pioneers Bar, 3 p.m. on Saturday in New York City. Uh, it is at 138 West 29th Street. It's like right between Seventh and Sixth Avenue on 29th. Um, I'll be there. Quinlan will be there. You've, you may have heard a million times on the show. Uh I, I assume Damon will be there from the Super J Cast unless he's ditching me. <laughs> um, I think he plugged it though, so I assume he's gonna come. Um but it's it's a great location. It's like five minutes, uh like a five minute walk from Penn Station if you're coming into the city. It should be like a ten minute walk to the venue. So we'll be very close to Hammerstein. You know, if people want to decamp, I figure I'm gonna go to Hammerstein like around six. If people want to decamp earlier, that's totally cool too. Um, it's like a big giant lounge area. So I'm not worried about like, you know, a lack of space if people actually do show up. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're doing. And you know, free popcorn too, which is kind of cool, I guess. And the, the beers are, the beers and drinks are very expensive, but it's New York. What are you going to do? I mean, they're not going to, it's not like meat. It's not like fucking, uh, you know, the meat district or anything, what the fuck it's called. But it's still, you know, it's more if you're coming from like Virginia or something, the drinks will be expensive. Um but yeah, three PM on Saturday, if you wanna come say hi, you know, you know, hang out for a little while. I'll probably bring bring like some embarrassing anime made card game or something. <laughs> we'll see. Uh and then the other thing is the Super J Cast one that had nothing to do with playing this, this is not any of my friends' birthdays. It's just a, it's just a super JCast gathering. That Damon did all the planning for this one. Uh, that's Sunday in Philly, so they will be at something called Tollman Man Joe's, uh, 26 East Oregon Avenue, on Sunday around noon before New Japan that day. The 2300 Arena. Apparently, it's very close. And he says he says there's even going to be drink specials and trivia with prizes. Sounds pretty cool. So that one's on Sunday if you're going to Philly. I will be at that one as well unless uh, I don't know unless I change my mind I guess but New York for sure I'll be there Philly I like 95% I'll be there so if you're going to New Japan this weekend come say hi Yes yeah, uh, I'm anything I should put
1: Yes yeah, I'm planning to oh, be in ahead, Philly sorry. hopefully like at the right, meetup, awesome. hopefully
0: So I will talk to you for longer than a second this yeah. time <laughs> so that's cool uh, I don't know who else is going to either one. I haven't really seen. I think some a bunch of people on my Twitter, I think, said they're going to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something or other. So we'll see. Um, in the meantime, the, the other thing I need to plug is the same thing I plugged last week, which is the Wrestling Omikase on Red Circle, uh, the donate button. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy me making an idiot out of myself every goddamn week, Definitely see if you can find it in your heart to drop us a few dimes. You can do that at redcircle.com/shows/wrestling-omakase. So that's wrestling dash omakase, a physical dash. I don't know what, not the word dash. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and as I mentioned last week, if you do donate, you know the week you donate, the guests that week will get a cut the proceedings. Tell you now, TJ, not to get your hopes up. But <laughs> if somebody, if one of our thousands of listeners, because amazingly this show does have thousands of listeners, I don't know how that's possible, but it does. If one of our thousands of listeners finds it in their heart to share us some money with us, um, you know, I definitely will cut you in, TJ. You'll get a taste. So there you go. Uh, five to, uh, whole dollars, probably.
1: Yeah, now, so have to work hard then
0: uh in the meantime that's all the plugs out of the way let's get into uh, actually before i get into the wrestling tj you ever seen the show that time i got reincarnated as a slime
1: i keep meaning to i i usually like pick like one show a season <laughs> and then i try to follow it and don't always succeed
0: i wanted to do some anime talk here before we get into the wrestling and so I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me and uh, my girlfriend, Nicole. We watched, like, the first eight episodes. I would have thought it was even more than that, actually. But we found out it was eight and stopped for a long time for no reason. I guess to rewatch all of all 200 episodes of Sailor Moon or something. <laughs> but, like, we just were like, hey, we never finished the show. And it was really good. And we restarted it. And if anything, like, from where I, we've watched, like, episodes 9 through 12 now, which this, this show is old fucking news, folks. Like this is like six months ago it ended, I think. But we've watched like nine through twelve, and I just wanted to say for anyone listening to this who likes anime at all, definitely watch. <laughs> watch watch Slimu. It's so good. Um If anything, it like act I like the first eight episodes, but the last like four have been like even better. And just once the once the ogres come into the picture, which You know, it was like a a race on the show, basically, Mm -hmm. like a group of characters. They they really add a lot to the show. So definitely check that out, Um, especially if you like, um, because it's very obviously based around a lot of Japanese RPG tropes. So if you grew up playing those, I think you will really, really, really dig the show. If you didn't grow up playing those, I don't think you'll, I mean, I still think you'll dig the show because the show's really good. But if you are like a, you know, an old school JRPG player, I think you'll really enjoy it. So. What have you been watching? So you picked one show a season. Give me your anime pick of the week.
1: Right now I'm uh, watching Dr. Stone.
0: Uh, Everybody keeps telling me to start it. I haven't done it yet. I
1: watched like five episodes and then I dropped it for like a month. And then I just caught like back up entirely this weekend. And my only gripe with it is some of the character designs are weird. Well, a majority of them, but it's a pretty old series being rebooted. So I'm not. I can't really blame them for that.
0: How 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 old is it?
1: I think it's like the '80s. Let me look it up.
0: Oh, oh wow, that's like another JoJo's. Uh, um, I haven't see, I really haven't seen anything from this season, the summer season. I I should go. There's some stuff that looked cool, but I just never watched anything. Um, obviously the fall. I think like every like every other even like quasi weebu on earth. I'm gonna watch My Hero Academia. I don't really know anyone who's not. Are you not? You're my. Are you like the one person not watching My Hero Academia?
1: No, I'm not watching it.
0: Oh wow! I watched like I started reading the manga for a little
1: bit, but I just I can't keep up reading manga anymore. I try. Like I started.
0: I I the anime is so much better than the manga. (laughs) <laughs> for the for academia, there's some there's some shows where that's not the case, but like the manga can't even like the anime is just so well done that I just the manga's not even close. But
1: and also apparently I'm a liar because Doctor Stone's been around since 2017. It is, no. looks like an older style. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: think okay. thinking about something there's else. Not...
1: <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the my... style is it looks old, like it has a kind of stylized look of like the 80s, 90s.
0: Well, it looks like like JoJo's. I mean, that's why when you said that, I was like, "Okay, I definitely see the resemblance." So maybe that was just the art style at the time. But now apparently they're just ripping off JoJo's bizarre adventure with their character designs, which I guess there's better, there's worse things to rip off. So. Mm
1: -hmm. And I need to, I need to watch JoJo too. I started like the first three episodes of that, like the most recent one, and I just never dropped or never picked it back up.
0: Well, we're both bad at that because I I I think I'm I'm further ahead of the map at like eight episodes or something. Everybody keeps telling me like you have to get through the first part, the second, and everything else is so much better. But I'm like I need I just the first part did not grab me at all.
1: But. Mm. Well, at least I'm caught up in the manga for that, or at least most close enough. I'm in part eight, and that was part five for the anime that just came out. That's like the one manga I'm you, trying you to know. keep up with.
0: You ever notice, like, uh, anime fans really have no problem telling you some, like, crazy shit, like, yeah, One Piece is great, you just have to get 400 episodes in, and then it's, like, the best shit ever. <laughs> it's like, they just don't, they're just like, yeah, 400 episodes, I'm, I'm barely exaggerating. Like, you yeah. will hear people say, like, hundreds of episodes, or, like, 50 episodes, then it's great. And I'm like, well, I don't want to sit through 50 episodes of it being bad. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but it's
1: people, like, they'll tell you, oh, get get to this arc, and it'll be good, and it's like 500 episodes
0: in. <laughs> but we watch, like, undercard tags, so I guess it's the same shit, but you know. Uh, all right, so, anime talk, I guess, is over. Let's get into some wrestling. Uh, starting, with, We'll start with New Japan. We're going to talk New Japan and All Japan and um, stardom today, so pretty much in that order. You know, uh, New Japan obviously like the most casual thing I would say, and then you know we'll the I have faith that the Joshi people will last all the way to the end. So, or they'll just skip out all this stupid male wrestling talk, whatever. Um, let's start with Destruction in Kobe from September twenty second this past Sunday at Kobe World Hall. It did a announced attendance of sixty one forty eight, no vacancy. Um, Slightly behind last year, which was uh, sixty four. I just had it in front of me sixty four fifty four. That was Tanahashi Kushida or Tanahashi Kushida, Tanahashi and Okada on top for the uh, contract with Kushida and Bushi in the semi main. Um, this one obviously was Naito J. White in the main with Goto uh, and Shingo in the semi main. So you know, three hundred fans, not really something I would worry too much about. You know, maybe you could say coming back with Nitro white that quickly maybe if you want to like really quibble with the draw but also you have to remember like okada tanahashi is like a, that's like a legendary match and it was done outside of tokyo like so rarely that i'm not really surprised it drew better than this i mean you're talking the they did it Talk taku that year and then other than that i think the only time they might have taken that outside of tokyo was like that one year they, they met at dominion right can you think of any other ones
1: uh, i don't think so though I it is
0: because all the other one like, like oh well the first one now i think about it the new beginning but oh uh, just sorry you're gonna say something
1: well i was gonna say they did didn't they do okada Tana a lot la, that year too
0: i know they it, did it, but they it okay, was it they, outside they really of, mm-hmm. yeah they really did outside of tokyo so, because, like, obviously, all those sumo hall matches would have been Tokyo. I'm just going to look it up because I'm curious. Let's see. Okada Tanahashi. The first one was uh, – well, that doesn't count. That's fucking – he was a young lion. The first one was in Osaka, and the, the first two, actually, because that was the Dominion Mats too, in 2012. But then the next – wow. The next seven in a row were all in Tokyo because you have the Tokyo Dome in 2013, uh, invasion attack – uh, the Rio G1 and King of Pro Wrestling Hall in 2013, that's all Sumo Hall then you have the Tokyo Dome 2015 then you have the Dome again 2016 and then you have the G1 2016 and then finally they go to F- uh, Fukuoka last year in May for Dontaku was the first time it was outside of Tokyo in six years. So you're talking about the second time it's been outside of Tokyo in six years. I mean that's that is kind of a big deal I think. So Um, you know, six and a half years. I think that maybe maybe it would have been done even better if they, well, they said no vacancy, so I don't know. I mean, it is also like how much could they fit into Kobe Warhol. I mean, no vacancy usually, you know, means like, well, it's close to sold out. And then Super No Vacancy is like, it's pretty much sold out. And then Super No Vacancy Full House is like, we we counted every fucking chair. There's no more. More chairs in the back. The fire inspector's ready to shut us down. So, that's basically, I guess, the for, for people who don't know the old school uh, Tokyo... Or the old school Japanese wrestling crowd terms. Isn't there one that's also just, like, crowded or something? I remember I used to see that back in the day and be like, crowded? <laughs> what does that mean? It's not a full house, but there were people here. It was hard to move in the hallway. But <laughs> it's like, okay... Um, but yeah, so not pretty good draw here. The let's start with the main event because you know let's, we'll work our way backwards for once. We never do that this show, and uh, it seems like a good time to do it because there's a lot to talk about this main event. Jay White defeats Tipsy and Naito in twenty nine forty seven with the Blade Runner to become the new Intercontinental Champion. I guess first of all, TJ, did you expect this result?
1: I was kind of fifty fifty. I think it really depended on what they were going to do with Naito post this. Because I think you suggested they could have Naito win here and then do the tournament thing with Mox instead of Jay. But I, I could see it either way because it could have been either Naito and Jay on January 4th or Naito and Mox. I just didn't know which way they were going to go.
0: So when you said 50-50, I guess you just felt like Almost like you didn't, did you even have any prediction?
1: like I was I was leaning towards Jay, but I wouldn't have been surprised by okay. the way.
0: I mean that's how I felt too, and I was I would just say I was leaning towards night doe because I, I think I laid out my my scenario. but I, if Jay won if basically if Jay won this, to me it would say, you know they they absolutely want Jay in this double title mix through the dome and this is really the only way to do it i mean you can't have him lose and then basically if naito and jay is the match on one four for the intercontinental you cannot have jay white lose here yeah this is not a compelling story the heel challenging naito for the ic title on that night but I mean, you you just you know whereas if naito loses you have the compelling story of you know the guy who started all of this is now like on the outside looking in and you know he can he get his way back into it and You know, we can talk after we break down the match a little bit about other ways they're already building to that. But it's clear the story's going to be: well, he lost this guy twice already. You know, Jay White took his dream away. Can he even like fight his way back? So, you know, once White wins, it was once White won. It was clear to me that was where they were going. Now, I want to say before we talk about the actual match: if you watch this match and you thought Jay White winning is the end of Naito's story and he's going into the Rambo, you're fucking stupid. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. You are a moron. You really think, and look, I will give you two scenarios here, okay? By the time by the time Jay White fucking did the like he did Naito's speech at the end, okay? He did the LIJ roll call for Bullet Club in the ring that he did in that promo. If you really think they're gonna book that and not be building to a rematch, I mean, you're out of your mind. <laughs> like you're Straight up out of your mind, and I saw this take, and people were like, "Oh well, Naito's done now. Jay's going to the film." Like, what is wrong with you? Like, like use your brain a little bit. That's all I'm asking here. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's pretty much two possibilities: either they're building White and Naito on one four, or Naito gave his fucking notice. I mean, that's pretty much the <laughs> only other possibility. But, um, so yeah, I mean, Naito and Jay what? A Knight JY is 1 4. That, do you disagree, TJ? Hope I didn't just call you a moron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I got, I like that once J won, I knew that was going to, eh, sorry, I knew that's what was going to happen. I'm a little more, like, I'm waiting until it happens before I go full Knight 2 belts. That's happening for sure. But I knew yeah. as soon as Jay won this, they were doing the, the rematch at 1 4.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a different story. If you want to believe that... If you don't want to believe yeah, that Mink is going to win both belts, then that's fine. I, I mean, he's not losing Jay White again. I, I don't know. Like, oh, uh, yeah,
1: definitely. Day.
0: I mean, if you want to believe he's going to win and then lose to either Okada or Bushi, I, I get that, especially after what we've all been through as Nike yeah, fans. <laughs> but, he's, but he's not losing Jay White again.
1: Oh, definitely. I think he's going to win the title back in 1-4 and then... We'll find out one five we'll see what ghetto has planned
0: um, as far and, and look I don't want to give another thing we well, are talking about the booking too I try to be fair on this podcast. I fail a lot because but I think at least my my biases are very uh, you know out in the open you know I'm a huge fan of seeing I I don't think that's breaking news to anybody but when people when I see how some people react to stuff like this, and it's, I want to make it clear, it's not the vast majority of Naito fans, but like a small amount of Naito fans. If your reaction to hearing, you know, to seeing what's happening here is like, Naito is losing too much, it doesn't even matter if he wins at the Dome now, he's never going to have his ace run, That you're the type of Naito fan that people complain about when you do that, okay? I want to make that clear if your reaction to Naito winning both belts, of the Dome is anything other than joyous rapture, like just singing to the fucking high heavens, Holly, you know, like, I can't say that word apparently singing to the high heavens and being very, very happy. Then, you know, if your reaction is anything else, if you're still better about 2018, if you're, you know, going to say, Oh, it's not, it doesn't matter. Cause it didn't happen then, or it doesn't matter unless he holds the belts for a year. I mean, like, get over yourself. Hiroki Goto fans are never getting that moment. He's never winning the IWGP Everweight title, you know? Yoshihashi fans are never getting a title win at all, maybe. Let alone both fucking right. I mean, lots of fan bases. Taichi fans are, you know, never going to get anything than a 30-day, never rain, maybe. I mean, lots of fan bases are suffering, so, you know... It, it could be a lot worse for Tetsuya Naito than winning both titles in the fucking Tokyo Dome. I don't care how long the actual rain is. I will be happy if that happens. He can lose both belts at fucking New Year's Dash for all I care if he has this moment in the sun, his moment where he's the first person to do what nobody else can do. I will be happy. And frankly, if you really think about it critically for longer than a second, you will understand that Tetsuya Naito is not the ace, and it's not. It would ruin his personality and his character to be the ace. In other words, I'm not saying Naito can't win on the big one. I'm not saying Naito can't, you know, have his moment. He obvious he obviously should have his moment. I think he will at the dome. But Naito, as like a two-year-long Kobashi title reign, that's not his character. He is L.I.J. He is anti-establishment. He is the guy with a chip on his shoulder who people get behind because the company will get behind him, because they, you know, Naito loses. I mean, look, if you want to be the fan of the guy who wins all the time, the person you're thinking of is Kazuchika Okada, okay? That is the, fight, the guy to get behind if you want to win every goddamn big match that you ever get to see. If you want to be that fan, Okada is right there, okay? If that's what you're looking for. Naito fandom is suffering. <laughs> Naito fandom means he's going to lose some big ones just like he did here and Naito fandom is he's going to, you know, get knocked down, and have to get back up. That's part of that's like built into it. That's part of the appeal. That's part of why people like him because he's not the guy that's always going to fucking win. The people who want to be fans of the guy that's always going to win have Okada already. They made that choice a long time ago. And if you want to say Okada sucks or Okada's not the guy, you know, that's, that's a different debate. But here and now, what Naito's role is, is to be the guy who, you know, has to fucking fight back and has to fight from underneath and has to come back now and beat Jay White if you beat him twice. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being the guy who you know, has to get back to the top, who isn't just on the top all the time, always like starts there, wakes up there, goes to bed there. Again, that's Okada. <laughs> that's, that is Okada. That's not why, if Naito was the guy who was always on top, people would react differently, you know? I mean, it's just not his, it's not, it's not who he is as a character. It's not how he wrestles. It's just not who he is. So if you're looking for the guy to be dominant, you know, it's not Naito. Um, and, you know, just be, and I've, I've been very angry in the past about Naito's defeat sometimes. And, you know, you could say, if you want to be critical of me, you could say, be, I've been too angry. And I do think they – I still think he should have beaten Okada in, at that dome. And, you know, I think he could have won that G1 last year, but they decided to do the, G, the Jericho thing instead, whatever. But, like, he, when I think he should have won at the dome – or the G1 last year, or the G1 this year. I, I'm not saying he should have won the Dome and the G1 and the G1. You get what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Like He's never going to be that guy. He's never going to win everything. And if you're expecting him to win everything, you're in the wrong fan. I don't know, DJ, do you have anything to say about my little rant there?
1: All I can say is his 2019 booking has been way better than his, 28, or his 2019 booking – has been better than his 2018 booking yes. last year. He was just doing, he was doing nothing because Jericho had the IC title on ice and now yeah. he's doing I mean, something. He has a direction to go, whether he actually succeeds or not, we'll find out, but he has a direction unlike last year.
0: Night just had an awesome year. Well, I mean, look, if you want to, if, if you want to say like quibble, I, I, I don't know. I feel like people are fighting the, the battles of the past, you know, mm-hmm. like, if you look at Naito's year this year, he beat Jericho at the Dome. Um, he beat Taichi at New Beginning in a, in a match that I really liked, that some people don't like. He lost to Abushi in the first round of the Japan Cup, which set up his big feud for the year. He lost. He did lose to Abushi again, but then he beat Abushi at Dominion. He vanquished him at the end. He won the fucking feud, even though he, you know, he didn't win. You know, Abushi beat him twice. and He only beat him once. Fine, but he won the last match. You win the last match, you you basically win. The feud for at least for the time being, and then he had an awesome G1. And yeah, he lost some guys, but like he lost a fucking he lost a Toriano via a roll up, which so does everybody on the goddamn roster at some point. He lost to Tai Chi, a guy he already beat to set, probably set another match. He lost to John Moxley, who like again, half the roster lost to Moxley, and that's probably set another match. And he beat tons of people in that tournament. He beat you know, he beat Shingo, uh, and he beat Godo, He who the fuck else is in that block? Yeah, like, it. I mean, he, the only people he lost to were people to set up matches and stuff like that. And yeah, he lost to Jay White, which really pissed me off at the time. But I didn't know what direction they were going in. So and it's clear the direction they've decided to go in afterwards with this double title stuff. And you know, yeah, he lost to Jay White again here. But he, it's very fucking clear what the direction is, and it's very clear that he's going to the dome to challenge Jay White for the Intercontinental Title. I mean, that is a big spot, and he will probably be in the main event of one five, a double Shadow match. Again, a big spot is a far fucking cry. To your point, it is a far fucking cry from feuding with a Skype with a Skype screen, which is what he basically was feuding with yeah. for the entire like back from June on last year. But I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this? As
1: far as Naito's booking now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be fine, people. its I mean, most – I, I want to be – and people are going to think I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm talking, like, two people in the fucking Super J-Cast Discord right now more than anything, <laughs> probably. But I think most people on Twitter, um, you know, have – like, know what the score is here. And most Naito fans on Twitter are just like, yes, I still believe that Naito's going to win. And the people who, like – I don't know. I saw people going after a room. Um, and some other folks, and, like, being like, how can you still believe? Like, even if you're dumb enough to think that Naito's story is ending at destruction in Kobe, which, by the way, again, you are an idiot if you think that, but even if you're dumb enough to think that, why are you, like, targeting random Naito fans on Twitter? Like, what is that doing for your life?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think people just want to Beat down all Naito fans whenever they get a chance. That's what it feels like half the time.
0: I mean, I, I will be like I said. I hope. I think I said this in the past. I hope he walks out with both belts, just so I can laugh at these people because you fucking like these people fucking deserve to be laughed at. Um, as far as Naito and Jay White, the match itself, which I guess we can finally get to. Um, I fucking love this match. It's been a very divisive match. Um, you know, I, I've seen people fucking hate it, which I guess doesn't doesn't surprise me at this point when people hate a 2019 night do match but it's also been like m- there's been more positive reviews than I expected at first um I went four and a half stars on it and I thought that was gonna be like the highest anyone would go and then Joel from the super j cast like completely shows me up and goes the full five on it so I mean clearly i'm I'm not on his level as a night do fan or something I mean it's really like he really loves Jay white right now which i yeah I, I think to it's mostly like,
1: so he's the Jay white fan. <laughs>
0: I haven't listened to the to the Jay cast yet. So, I mean, I started it, but I haven't heard the part where he talks about it. But I, I, I had that spoiled for me anyway before he re- even recorded. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's very high on it. It sounded to me like Dave Meltzer was high on it. We don't know because The Observer's not out yet. But I, I did hear, like, some of his audio on it, and he sounded like he liked it quite a lot. You know, maybe, like, not quite, like, five-plus or whatever, but I think he did like it. Um, but like I said, Rich and Joe from the wars Wrestling Flagship didn't seem to like it that much, so it's a very divisive match. I know. Where did you land on this TJ? Because I saw like conflicting things from you.
1: I went four on it.
0: Oh, okay. Well,
1: like I, I originally went three point seven five, but I bumped it up to a four after thinking about it a little more. Mm-hmm. I think this is um, Jay's um, best performance as a character, like so far since adopting the switchblade character yeah but as far as like the in ring like i don't know how to describe it the match flew by they went for like the 20 to 25 minute call and i was like how it feels like it's been 10 minutes so they were working at a fast pace but it also felt like it was just good up until like 20 minutes and then the 25 minute mark when ghetto cheated it's when it went full sprint and i loved every second from it of it from then on
0: yeah um i i totally get that critique because if, if i have any critique it's probably that the first the the jay white control period was a little bit dull and that would be like in the first 15. i think why i liked it more than you and some other people is i thought like i thought jay white's character work here was amazing um and that really carried a lot of the early portion of the match for me um i just, i like i really enjoy him and naito's like interplay and like you know white like very early early in the match white taking a powder and then when he gets back in the ring, Naito also taking a powder. Like I enjoy that kind of stuff. So that stuff mm-hmm. was really, really fun early on. Um, and there was like some early, some cool early stuff where Naito basically like out White, which I thought was very like cerebral and very cool. Um, and then when when by the time Jay got control, it wasn't it was basically from Gato like grabbing his leg from the floor. So then that's where it got a little bit dull for me. And that's you know, why it's not like a above four and a half, but but, like, they, they managed to keep it interesting for me with all that, like, you know, making, forcing her to smile stuff. I, thought I was love good. that. Yeah. Um, there was, like, White, like, did this transition where he, like, spun Naito out of a suplex position, like, into the ropes to do that draping DDT, which I thought was, like, the smoothest transition I've ever seen into that draping apron DDT uh, ever, probably. So that was really cool. Um, you know, there was, like, a... I'm pretty much just reading my favorite spots right now. But there's like a spot where Jay, I worked on a ton of spots this match, which is probably an indication that I enjoyed it. But uh Jay like he dodged like the Night of Flying Form in like a face buster and then like hit this huge deadlift German. That was really cool. And here's where like the crowd, you know, if I can see why if like you're if you're listening for the crowd and like maybe you might not have it as high because the crowd wasn't as into it as you think. I think part of that was because the the previous match it's been two people basically two bulls colliding. So yeah. I don't get why this is like they need to come down, I guess. But like Naito, when he hit like this big kick after he looked like he was out, like the the fans got really, really into it with like a big Naito chant. And then everything after that, like uh, I thought the fans were super into. Um, but yeah, they did like – I like how they did like combination Cabromba on the apron instead of the corner, which looked really cool um there was like a, all the stuff in the apron was awesome but like white hit like a face buster and he tried for a german like basically putting naito in the abushi spot of dominion which the crowd was like ready to piss their pants at that <laughs> i f- it felt like but then he just instead just like drags him down to the apron on the back of his head which uh was basically what he also did at the g1s so i guess i should have known the finish right there um, and then he like did a pile drive. He tried for a pile drive on the apron. Naito did like a back body drop, and then White just power bombed him on the apron instead. Uh, and then Naito turned the kiwi crush into that that high angle DDT counter movie, used really well against Ibushi. Um, but yeah, so there was like a, you know, basically White just like he. He basically just like starts stomping a Nito repeatedly when he counters the Boy Runner, which I thought was a really cool spot. It you was know, just like very simple, like you know, if you're not going to go up for my move, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you stuff. And there was like a very even like it was a Gato interference spot I thought was very inventive, where Gato's on the apron and Nito just like kicks off him to hit the swinging DT. He might have done that before now. I think about it, but
1: I can't remember if he did. Really but cool. yeah, I really like that spot a lot
0: uh and then they and then i thought the the counter sequence with white spinning out of the running destino you know, and eventually getting a, su- a sleeper suplex uh after like accounted count the blade runner that looks really cool and those white reversal sequences are very hit or miss for me like sometimes they look great a lot of times they look like shit and this one i thought looked really good so that was a um a point in his favor um but yeah, then I also like when White basically tried to block the Rain Destino again, but Naito basically powered through it. I thought that was awesome. Um, but then I obviously only got a two count. And then I will say like the when, when White hit the Blade Runner, I actually thought Naito was going to kick out for a second. I don't know if he felt the same way too, but it didn't feel like the end. Um, and, I, and I mean that in a good way. And like you know, It, it felt like they had more to give, even at a 30-minute mark almost. So I think that's probably good for a future match. But, yeah, I mean, he hit the Blade Runner and won. Uh, just, the drama at the end was awesome. and I, I was watching this and spoiled. I thought it could have gotten in way, so that all, that really helped. So, yeah, I went four and a half. I really loved it. Um, just like a touch below, like, Naito's best matches of the year. And I think this would be my highest rated J-White match of the year because I went four and a quarter on the Ibushi match, and I can't think of anything else that would really touch it. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm turning I, – I feel like I've turned a corner on White because – before the ibushi final uh i really wasn't into his g1 at all but i feel like he between this match and the ibushi match he's really like hitting his stride as far as like both being an entertain like being an effective heel and but also having more entertaining matches you know it within that character and like the new japan style in the ring so Mm -hmm. yeah it's good it's good that he's like really i think turning a corner there at least in my opinion uh, anything to add about the actual match?
1: Well, I, I think it's worth noting that Gato didn't interfere at all until like 25 minutes into the match. Usually, he's in there a lot yeah. quicker, and that's what a lot of people complain about Jay White matches is that Gatos always there to do something. But he stayed out of it mostly, and a lot of times he's just out on the on the side, like coaching Jay, telling him what moves to do. Like I think one time he called like when he did the went for the Kiwi Crusher, Gato told him to go for it, which I like that.
0: Yeah, he, def- he definitely did, yeah. He was him when he
1: And then also, at the beginning, I think it was, like, maybe, like, five, between, like, the five-ten-minute mark, Jay was, like, he rammed Naito's legs into the, the post, and he was just asking, like, dajoba Joe Asking him if he's okay? And he was, like, <laughs> taunting Naito the whole time. He taunted Kevin Kelly a couple times, so I really liked a lot of the his character work in that. And I... I hope he does bring more into taunting them in Japanese. Like, I I really like that.
0: Yeah, it's good. I thought it was a good, like, heel move. Uh, it reminds you when, like, when Higuchi, like, crashed in my lap during the DDT, uh, mainly a weekend show. I, d- I did ask him the same thing. I said, guy <laughs> And he was like, no Daijovu." <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so awesome match. You were a little bit lower out than me, but still four stars. And, you know, I think I'm... The matches have gotten better each time for me. I went three and a quarter, three and three quarters, on the three and three quarters to be clear. Okay, I, I almost said three and a quarter, three and three quarters in the G one match, and now four and a half here. Which which one did you like better, by the way, the G one one or this one?
1: Like I I went three and three quarters on the G one match too, so I like this one a little bit more. I think I liked the actual in ring of the first match, but the character work was way better in this one.
0: And then maybe hopefully they can have an even better match on one four. So
1: Yeah, I'm excited so, for that.
0: Uh, after the match, of course, Hiroki Goto came out the challenge, which I marked out for. I am like I was very excited to see Goto. I'm not going And Jay White was so mad that it was great. He was just like, No! He's like just screaming, no! <laughs> was, I think he might have, I don't remember what else he said, but he was like so angry. But
1: his post match uh, was really great.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Goto like lays him out with the forearm. So it's going to be Goto and White. Uh, prob- it looks like a power struggle since they announced King of Pro Wrestling, uh, and they're in a tag match there too. So Goto White for the IC. at power struggle is a that is a ballsy main event for Power Struggle. They're basically like, yeah. you will come no matter what to Edeon Arena, and we know it." <laughs> basically, what they're saying.
1: Yeah, because didn't they like uh, not they draw really poorly the last time they main event with that?
0: I don't. Was it really poorly? Let's say. I can't remember. I think it was like a little, a little like not great, but I don't know if you might be right. Maybe really poorly scored. Let's look it up. Um, in the meantime, while I do that, uh, that uh, the other match I think we're going to get at Power Struggle is Naito and ZSJ. Do you agree?
1: I think we're going to get Naito and Taiji.
0: Hmm. Well, that could be the case too. Because um, ZSJ and Taiji are both in the match at 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 a uh, at Campo Wrestling.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. And yeah. plus, uh, t- um, well, um, I, was, I was listening to the Super J cast earlier today, and they were talking about the Road 2 shows. And Tai Chi and Naito are paired up a lot on that. But Shingo's also in that. So maybe that's they're going to do Shingo and Taichi. I don't know.
0: And Zach isn't there on the Road 2. So I don't know if that really means anything. Um, that's what I would say.
1: And then also, I think so. I was watching a video that Tai Chi was doing, like they posted on the New Japan, like the Japanese Twitter. And Taichi was talking about. I think it was before Kobe, and he. It almost sounded like yeah. he was going to try and challenge Naito. I guess if you, if Naito retained.
0: Okay, so Hino Kuni to answer the question from before, what Goto White did twenty seven oh two, which was down, from the tr- Hino Kuni twenty eighteen, which did thirty four thirty five, but Hino Kuni twenty eighteen was Naito Suzuki, so I don't even though that wasn't a good match really, that was still you know, a big match as far as like two drawing people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if you can really read too much into a 700 fan drop. The thing is, this Osaka show now is they sell it out like without doing anything usually. So maybe they just, they're taking it for granted now. And that's why they're moving New Beginning uh, from Ideon Arena into the, um, you know, into Osaka Joe Hall next February, the same place where the Dominion takes place every year because, you know, the Ideon Arena is like 6,000. and fans or whatever and they've been selling it out very quickly of late um but yeah i mean like as far as you know what we might get there so it, it, it's fair to say white goto for the ic and then naito and zsj or naito tai Chi or something basically some kind of match where naito has to earn his way yeah back to a ic title match i think seems very likely it's because like i um, but we'll talk more about future cards after this, but I just wanted to point that out. Uh, the semi-main: Hiroki Goto and Shingo Takagi. Goto defeating Shingo in twenty twenty-seven with the GTR. Why don't you go first this time, since I talked forever for Naito and Jay White? What did you think of Goto and Shingo? Uh,
1: I went four point five on it, which was the same rating I gave their G one match. I like this. I like the G one match slightly better. I'm not sure the time differences on those, but if this one felt a little bit longer. But
0: it was like five minutes longer.
1: Oh, so it was five. Okay. Like the first 10 minutes of this was good, and then the like the second ten was really great, or the, from then on. But first, I just want to say, why is Goto still wearing that G1 shirt? It's like, did he forget I know. Mean,
0: it's awesome. I don't remember who said this. I think it might have been Andrew Rich, but it's like it, it's seriously like if a if like a fucking championship team, you know how they'll, they'll okay, let's say it's the Kings and the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final, uh, and the Rangers lose, they'll have like Rangers Stanley Cup winner merch printed up already. They send to fucking Africa or whatever. It'd be like if the Rangers wore those shirts the next year, you know, they didn't win the fucking Stanley Cup. But, Yo, like the G wanted to stand for Kodo, apparently. You lost, buddy.
1: Yeah, I I just, I. Seems like he came out with that shirt on, and I just started laughing. But um, it is really funny. I, um, I like the video package before this too. I wasn't like fully paying attention because yeah, video. Yeah, I was just
0: gonna say the video package basically seemed to stress that these two are both like very Japanese. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like I wasn't paying fully attention because. But because I, I wasn't trying to listen to Japanese and like, I think it was like, I didn't watch it like live live, but I watched it like I woke up at like eight, I think, or like seven or eight and woke like watched it as soon as it was up. And that early in the morning, I didn't feel like actually like trying to listen for the Japanese. But Goto said something about like not making light of him now, now that Shingo's a heavyweight, basically saying don't just because you're a heavyweight, don't underestimate me because you already beat me. But then Shingo dominated most of the match, it felt like. So I, that that was kind of funny yeah. to me. But, yeah, say I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than I just, I loved it. Really hard-hitting. Shingo, I feel like Shingo could have a great match with just about anybody. And, I mean, Goto held his own, too. I got to give him credit for that. Like, a lot of the GTRs he hit were really, like, really brutal-looking. And I can't say I'm surprised about the finish, especially now that I know the, he, that uh, he's challenging Jay. But, I almost felt like Shingo might win it because a lot of people were thinking this was a never title, basically a ne- never title number one contendership match and not an IC. But I think it's good Shingo got the win back. Shingo, like, or that Goto got the win back. Shingo doesn't need to be like in singles contention right now to me. Yeah. So I'd rather they cool him down a little bit until they actually have something for him to do because he'll probably be slotted into the never situation, but him versus kenta isn't something i see them doing for a while if anytime soon
0: yeah um i think you know probably not till after the dome
1: yeah after the dome yeah
0: um what i would say yeah i mean i'm on four and a half on this so i again i loved it and obviously any show with two four and a half star matches is going to be a good show um what i thought of this i I had like a quarter star above the Budokan match, I went four and a quarter on that one, so I, this, I just thought this match was just a little bit better, but like, you know, obviously the two of them just beating the shit out of each other here, you know, I'm always going to be a huge mark for Larry exchanges, and there were like a million of them here, and I thought all that stuff with Shingo stealing Goto's moves, like, really added, like, an extra dimension to the match, mm-hmm. and almost made it, like, very uh, very cathartic, I guess, when Goto would finally hit um, you know, his big moves, and you know, finally, be you know, be able to hit the Shouting Kai and all that. Like, basically, just it felt like he was taking his moves back from this bully or something. Um, Shingo did like a rope-assisted GTR, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I wish the camera was. had
1: caught that better. Like, it was like uh, a weird angle where they shot it; you didn't get to see the full thing. I wish they had caught that better.
0: Um, but yeah, so like this, I just I thought this was awesome. I'm glad Goto won. You know, people give to too much shit. Like. It's not the guy's fault. He's not IWGP champion. I mean, calling him a geek and stuff—it's like a little too far. He's held like every goddamn other belt in this company. Come on, he's not a, hes not Yoshi. People talk about like talk about him like he's fucking Yoshihashi or something. I'm like, let's mm-hmm. pump the brakes a little bit. It's go—it's still it's Hiroki Goto. He's he's a very good wrestler most of the time, and he's won plenty of shit. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna be. My it's gonna be one of my brands from now on is rookie Go to Defender, (laughs) but I just don't know why people are so. It feels like people are like super hard on him, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's plenty of other wrestlers from like every era that don't win the big title in Japan. This is not fucking everybody gets a turn title booking. So you know, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where I'm, I'm I'm waiting all this time for nato to win the belt back finally but at least he's he's won the belt once i mean like <laughs> and that should tell you how hard this fucking belt is to win that like people are desperate for him to win this title and he's already held it technically just even though it was only for like 45 days but i mean look i mean ishii fans are never gonna see him win the title doesn't and, and they want to him of fame <laughs> so yeah. i don't know people are very people are very hard on goto that's all i'm saying uh The third from the top match, Okada, Ibushi, and Robbie Eagles defeated by Sonata, Ibo, and Bushi in 1350 when Sonata submitted Robbie Eagles at the skull end. Uh, This was pretty good. I went three and a quarter. Um, You know, I thought the Okada and Sonata, you know, they they had to me had some very flat exchanges leading on this tour before this match. I thought this was their probably their best and most exciting not probably actually it was their mo, their best and most exciting exchange of the tour um you know they finally look, look like they have some fire in there um you know it's not a big deal that the some other exchanges early in the tour weren't you know maybe the the biggest the most exciting because they had more time than everybody else to build up their match so, so i guess it's fine uh, as long as things continue being exciting from here you know, hopefully, we get a little bit of momentum heading into King of Four Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Uh,
1: not a whole lot, really. I di- I didn't watch a lot of the undercards up until this show, but yes, yeah, so, I mean it. It's pretty much what you expected it to be. The only thing was um, Okada missing that drop kick while like Sonata was doing the spin on Eagles. I think like yeah. that, that was kind of awkward. Then he just got up and did it again. And then after the match, he kept trying to hit drop kicks. Like I think the post match angle with that uh, Ibushi and Evil did better than Okada Sonata did building their match.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we had Chaos, uh, Show, Yo, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii defeating Kenta, God, Ishimori, and Fantasma. Nine forty, Yo pinning Tanga lower lower with a roll up. He had already pinned Tomatanga, so now he's pinned both of them. Uh, of course we'll talk about that in a little bit about what why they're doing that. But the in addition to building our Yopungi 3K GOD match, Kenta went hard after Yoshihashi, so that that well I mean, at the time appeared to be a direction for the never title, and now we know it is a direction. So uh, we can talk about that more when we get to the fame on leash preview, I guess. This match itself, again three and a quarter. I thought it was pretty fun by the end, but uh, you know, not ton to say about it.
1: Yeah, say once the juniors got in, it felt like the match like entered like double speed. They were going all out on that, and I found it kind of funny. I think G.O.D was trying to hit the magic killer. I think it was on Yo, and they did it from the hip for some reason, like because he was too short, I guess. But then they, (laughs) when they went to do it on show, they did a normal one. So I I just, I thought that was funny. And then after the match, uh, Osprey like running after ELP. And ELP just, like, jumped off the stage. Like, it almost looked like he fell off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that gave me a laugh. But, yeah, the match was good. I think I went, like, three on it.
0: Match number five, not really a match, more like an angle. It was Zach, Suzuki, Kanemaro, and Doki against Tanahashi, Liger, Tiger Mask, and Rocky Romero only won 310 before DQ. We found out later suzuki Goon won this by DQ, which I don't know why, but that was like just really hilarious to me. It's like, when's the last time suzuki Goon won a match by DQ? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that might be the first fucking DQ victory in New Japan history. Uh, as far as obviously the big angle was and Liger, rip it off the mask and go in Kishin Liger. So what do you have to say about Kishin Liger?
1: Uh, I, I went crazy when that happened. I, I was watching this unspoiled, so I'm so happy I did. Usually, I don't mind spoilers, but this I'm really happy I went unspoiled in this. And like, I
0: yeah, I was
1: unspoiled. He he just looked oh, he looked terrifying.
0: Yeah, he looked awesome, and like just not knowing that was coming, but then immediately knowing what it was. It was mm. like it was just so cool. And then he he blows the mist in, in Suzuki's face and the refs. Which was fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh, and man, if he if he had messed that up at all, he would have like straight up stabbed Suzuki with that thing. Like, he <laughs> he wasn't even he didn't care. He was like, I'm coming for you. You gotta move. If not, you're you're just gonna get hit. <laughs> that thing would right uh, through the table, like he was putting some force behind that.
0: Yeah. It's like buddy, you're about to die. About yeah. to uh but yeah, so obviously cannot wait for their match and We'll see if that's the end at King of War Wrestling. I kind of have my doubts. Yeah, we'll see. Then we have Bad Buck Fale, Yuchira Takahashi, and Chase Owens defeating Togi Makabe, Tomoyaki Homa, and Towa Hanare in 822. Chase pinning Hanare at the package pile driver. This was two stars. Felt like it was about 100 years long. Nothing really wrong with it, but nothing much good about it either.
1: Yeah, when I was, I tried to take a little bit of notes, and literally all I wrote was, This happened. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this was like,
1: yeah, it was like, Why it wasn't thinking? bad or anything, but it was just, it was just there. Like, what do you, what's there yeah. to say about it?
0: <laughs> I mean, this was like the ultimate. Okay, you guys are all uh, key, valued members of the roster. We don't have anything for you, so here's this. Max uh, three. I think, three, um, way, oh, sorry, well, I think
1: backstage after this, they announced that Chase and Fale were going to be a team for <laughs> World Tag League.
0: <laughs> yeah, i give, so, give it a so, round of applause. All right, excited for Chase that. And Fale yeah very exciting. I mean, look the world tag league is gonna be really weird this year because they lost like half the fucking field,
1: yeah, they missed like eight teams, I think,
0: yeah, more than half the field, yeah, like a, almost all of the field. let's just I'm wanna go through it because I'm, I'm yeah. I know it's a lot of teams' now that we have in celebration of having our first ever our first our first world tag league entry of the year, so the world tag in twenty eighteen if you remember that this is where they did the one block thing um mm-hmm. which i thought i thought was really cool actually i thought it made it the, the most exciting world tag in a long long time let's say the roles of destiny they're still here it's not an evil they're still here uh ishii and yano are still here but i don't think that's gonna be the team because Yano yeah, know team teams with makabe now a lot for the and they're the number six champ, champions with taguchi uh obviously lance archer and smith jr that's not happening michael elgin and jeff cobb they, they both probably won't be in it zach and taichi yes that can still happen uh, juice and david finley if finley gets back in time from his injury i guess that could happen the best friends no uh turn to tnt if you want to see the best friends folks <laughs> Minor suzuki and takashi izuka that's not happening hangman page and Yujiro takahashi that's not happening uh tenkoji that could happen but they really haven't had that many matches as a team this year uh makabe and Hanare. that could happen Using a Yushinagata Nakanishi, again, that could happen, but they, they really haven't teamed together that much this year. And finally, Ayato Yoshida, uh, God bless that man. He is stuck in – I can never remember what they call kind of – 2AW. Time. 2AW, yes. And Shoto Umino is in, in the U.K. now, so mm-hmm. as we're about to talk about. So he's also gone, so they can't even team Umino up with someone else. So that's what, like, uh, we just can't real quick. If you can't Ishi team, that's not going to happen. That means one, two, three, four, five, six. At minimum, seven teams are pretty much not going to happen. Or are, like six of them are straight up impossible. And I don't think Ishii is going to happen either. So that's seven teams out of 14, like half the field. So, and a few more like Ten- Koji and the guy Naganishi seem unlikely. So who knows who the fuck's going to be in World Tag yeah. League? That's the, the big question, I guess.
1: It'll be a fresh tournament at least.
0: That is true. Uh, the Young Lions Cup match tournament that's ended up being the final, as the winner here uh, got got you know basically we had the most points. Carl Fredericks defeating Shota Umino in 7-17 with the elevated half Boston Crab to win the 12th Young Lion Cup. I thought this was really good. Um, I went three and three quarters. Um, just like a really fast-paced match sequence at the start. Um, the match had like a surprising number of high-impact moves. This huge German suplex from Umino. And then Carl at one point just like, grabs shoulder by his tights and like just dragged him back and dumped him around the back. We just have the backdrop suit It was awesome. Um, and then Frederick's—I love the way he went too, which just like st- kept stepping on his head for, during the you know to set up the elevated half Boston crab. So That was great. And there's that great image at the end with Ubino like a bloody nose crawling towards Carl holding the trophy, while Carl just bows to him. This was awesome.
1: Yeah, say I went uh, three and a half on it. I I really love the finish, like you said, like Fredericks going for the like half crab, and just stomping on Shota's head. And I liked how Shota refused any help to get to the back, like he was too proud to yeah. get take any help. And I did I liked that Shota started off the match like attacking Fredericks' injured shoulder, because they were bringing that up earlier on commentary, saying how. He, He's had the injury basically since the beginning of the tour, but they said it got better. And I feel like Shota thought this and was like, well, it's not going to be better anymore. Cause I'm going to attack that the entire match. But yes, I really liked it as far as I kind of wish another of the LA guys won. I know they're high on Fredericks, but I feel like he was not counting Richards. He was the worst one, not the worst, but the the least impressive of the LA guys. During the whole tournament. Yeah, I don't
0: really I don't really disagree, but he's also like twenty-nine, I guess. So they figure they have to like yeah, I, a very I, get, mark- I get why yeah. they
1: put it on him. It makes sense.
0: Uh before that we had Clark Connors beating Red Narita in 725 by the Boston Crab. Uh, so that made Connors four and three and dropped Narita to five and two, so that eliminated Narita and made the following match between Umino and Fredericks, like for all the marbles. Um, I was actually a little disappointed by this. I thought it was, uh, you know, decent while it lasted, but I just expected more from both guys. I Only went two and three quarters.
1: Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I think Connor's really impressed me a lot this tour, and I, yeah. when I saw that th- this was going to be like not the final, but base like the semifinals of the thing, I was really hoping for a better match. And it was it was good to me, but it wasn't what I expected it to be.
0: Uh, And then afterwards, after these two matches, we found out that Umino is going to the UK on excursion, and Narita is also going on excursion because he asked Shibata to train him. So he's going to the LA Dojo on excursion. Now, you may notice he's not going to New Japan's supposed American partners, Ring of Honor, but he is going to America. He's going to the LA Dojo. We'll see if he works uh, any, any dates for ROH or anybody else, but... And the LA Dojo guys haven't even been in r since May, so I wouldn't hold my breath if I'm a Ring of Honor fan waiting for that Red and uh, appearance.
1: Yeah, I'm curious where cool they're going to send him. Gonna, you
0: know, I like, mean, I assume they're going to work to, like, Defy, probably. Because mm-hmm. I the, the LA Dojo guys have been in Defy a couple times since, you know, in the past, like, few months, I think. So that might just be more like just train and maybe try to get bigger and stronger and we're not worried about getting you a ton of dates. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously he'll be—he'll be like on all the U.S. shows, just like the yeah, like other dojo guys are, and he's on the, the shows this weekend, so he's already starting.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about um, that. But some of the matchups he has during the FSCU tour got me excited.
0: And then the opener was Yuji Nagata, Yota Tsuji, and Yuya Umura defeating Manabe Nakanishi. Alex Coughlin, not Coughlin, everybody. Kevin Kevin Kelly in the English commentary was like, he told me it's Coglin. I'm like, really? It is the H is just silent then. Okay. Uh, so Alex Coglin. We all have to get used to that. That and messed Michael me Richards,
1: up. Uh,
0: yeah, I was like, Coglin, what the fuck? But yeah, I, I just like to remember it was Coglin. I just started writing his name without the H in my notes, so Mm -hmm. I might just do that from now on. Um, But yeah, somebody should tell the Japanese ring announcer, by the way, because he's still studying Coghlan. But yeah, this was a this was pretty fun. Uh, I went three stars, like a little fun little opener here. Uh, The crowd was very impressed by Uemura body slamming Nakanishi. Uh, Coghlan's chops, like, ruled, and I just thought he looked great in general. And then Suchi did the giant swing into the Boston crowd for the win. Fun little opener.
1: Yeah, I, I was really impressed by Umar picking up Nakajichi. I was like, he's not a small guy. Like, that was that took some strength. <laughs> but beyond that, yeah, yeah. It's like you said, it was, it was a fun match. Good opener.
0: Uh, overall, I mean, hard to call that anything other than a pretty damn good show, especially at those two main events. Um, I think this was probably... I can't remember the last time a Destruction Tour was, like, actually fun all the way around, this one was was really close. I mean, the only thing I would even point to was like a down show was Beppu, but like, and Beppu was pretty bad. But Kagoshima was pretty damn good again. And then this show was really was like you know very good. And the in were good, and you know the Young know, Lions Cup stuff was good. So with the very low bar of destruction, I'm going to call it a win because there was there. If you're a newer New Japan fan, folks, there have been some really bad destructions. Like, the one, I think, two years ago that had, like, a, I think it was 2017, had, like, a Kenny Omega and Juice Robinson U.S. title match main event and, like, a, uh, oh, God, like, a, I don't remember what the fuck the a main event for. Like, oh, V.S.J. and Tana and their, their only bad match, in my opinion, for the Intercontinental title. And there was, like, one other main event that wasn't really that great. But, like, yeah, it was just a very, like, a weird and bad tour. So, uh, this, you know, this, compared to that, this is like great. And I think this was better than last year too. But if you liked Omega Ishii's title match, you might disagree with me, but like, I just, I didn't like that match. So any final destruction thoughts, TJ?
1: Uh, no, it's like you said, it was overall a fine tour. I, I skipped a lot of the undercard for the other tour or the other shows, but still other than the, uh, tag title match, I think everything delivered. At least what that was supposed to deliver. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, so now coming up, we got some stuff coming up this weekend. Obviously, in the United States of America, the home of a uh, certain, hopefully soon to be impeached president, uh, <laughs> opens up Friday at the Lowell Memorial. I, I can never. Am I saying Lowell correctly? Lowell? Lowell? I don't know. I, don't know. I I've heard it. Tw- I've time. heard it
1: both ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, look. Other podcasts don't know how to pronounce Japanese city names. We don't know how to pronounce American city names or Japanese city names sometimes, but usually American city names. So I think it's Lowell. Who the fuck knows though? Uh, it opens up with Carl Fredericks versus Alex Coughlin. Uh, then we have Red Narita against Lance Archer. Oh my God, Red Narita is going like, to yeah. get killed. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be awesome actually now i should say this show in philly are look like vod only so who knows they will be up uh shockingly we all found out new york city is going to air live on new japan world which they they did not have that on the schedule originally they just announced that out of the blue the other day so it turns out we get one of these shows live after all which i would call a major one
1: yeah uh, it's kind of surprised hey, we're gonna movie. do
0: that yeah it's like really out of nowhere uh, especially if they didn't they didn't air anything live from the Super J Cup or from New Beginning in US, um, yeah, I mean it's just it, it's very surprising. Uh, they didn't do Royal Quest themselves, so they, yeah, very 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 surprising. Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols match three against TJP and Clark Connors. I guess pop in here if you have anything to say about any of these matches. Okay. <laughs> uh the rock and roll express ricky morton and robert gibson against chase owens and Jado. so chases chase on commentary through his entire tour was blaming kevin kelly for the rock and rolls as trainers for coming here and I actually i think wasn't it gibson was his trainer somebody was his trainer ricky yeah, i think morton. one of them was i think uh, jay uh, chase if you're listening buddy i'm sorry you you literally told me on twitter once which one was your trainer Because I said he was a great tag wrestler or pretty, like a surprisingly great tag wrestler. He was like, uh, whichever rock and roll guy trained me. I think it's Ricky Morton, but he can, in the unlikely event he listens to this, he can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But yeah, so he's going to go after his trainers here. Uh, It's kind of exciting, I guess. It's something. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Amazing Red. Yes, Amazing Red is on this tour, folks. That's one of the other like little cool, like bursts of American flavor. They're taking on Shingo Takagi and Bushi. I hope Shingo does not kill the Amazing Reds <laughs> fan. Uh, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero against Jay White, Kenta, and Gato. Uh, they're building up Goto and White and Kenta and Yoshi. Actually, that could be pretty good. And then the semi-main is the IWGP Tag Team titles, Guerrillas of Destiny against Rapunky 3K. A bit of a weird, a uh, bit of a big surprise to see this title match here, God actually mentioned New York, like during their post-match promo at Kobe when they said they would face a Punky 3K since you kept paying them or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. But like,
0: so I don't know, I don't know if they had the city wrong or if they had the city right and New Japan changed it afterwards, maybe to try to sell a few extra tickets in Lowell. But like, because uh, this is like the only show of the three that has like any tickets left, basically. I know Philly has like standing room and that's it, mm-hmm. and New York New York had like not, New York has straight up nothing.
1: Yeah, it's like you think they'd want but to have know. it on, like in the New York. You think they'd want it on New York because it's going to be the one televised.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess in their in their opinion, it's like, well, it's going to air eventually, and it's the fucking IWGP title, so who cares? But yeah, I, I'd say no chance here of a new team, new champions.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Any
0: chance? Yeah, it's going to be a good match because I like their. A- well, I say oh, I like,
1: so I like their ahead. Dallas match, so I think it'll be a good match. But, yeah, I don't think there's any chance.
0: Yeah, I like their Dallas match, too. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's I mean, it doesn't make any sense to have Punky 3K step up to heavyweight before even, like, having them have singles, junior runs. So, And in the main event, I'm actually pretty... Like, this match looks really cool. Okada, Ibushi, and Tanahashi against Sonata, Evil, and Naito. I mean, first of all, I I don't think that match has ever happened because Okada has never, you know, didn't even start teaming in Sekigun until... You know, late last year when they did the whole chaos and main army uh like unification thing. And Mm Ibushi wasn't part of hontai at the time. Like I I, I use those terms interchangeably. I'm sorry. He wasn't part of the main army at the time. So, you know, he was like in that weird elite, but I'm not really with the elite thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think this has ever happened. I don't think the three of them I don't think the three of them have ever teamed. If they have, I don't think it's against Nitro Evil and Sonata. So I don't know. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's ever happened. And it's just rare to see a six-man tag with, like, no obvious fall guy.
1: Yeah. I don't know who... Like, I'm, I guess Tana's going to eat the pin. I don't know who else could, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, he pretty much has to, right?
1: Like, unless you just want to beat Naito again, but no one else in that match is going to get a pin. get pinned.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you... It, somebody could get cradle like Tom. I used to like town of cradling Naito or something. But I mean, I could see like, that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, I mean, look, I'm, I think, uh, you know, the, the fine people of Massachusetts got a very good main event there. I mean, when I saw that one, I was very jealous. So, you know, the, I would definitely be excited if I'm going, if I was going to that show, it's a little too far for me to go. Uh, like, I'm going to the other two, though. But, yeah, I mean, if if I knew that match was going to happen before this week, I may have tried to go, honestly. <laughs> like, that's how good that match looks. Uh, then Saturday, the first of the two shows I am going to at the Hammerstein Ballroom um, at 7 o'clock. The, as mentioned, this is the only show of the three that's going to air live on New Japan World. So if you're listening and you're not in the Northeastern United States, you can still see at least this show. Uh, only with Japanese commentary, apparently. I don't know if Kevin Kelly was busy that night or what, but like, the English commentary will be added later, uh, like what they do with some of the Corkins and stuff. So there will be VOD, and the VOD show will have English commentary. But yeah, this will air live, only with Japanese commentary. The opening match is Ren Narita against TJP. Is this another one of the Narita matches you're excited for?
1: Uh, this one, not so much, but I think it, it'll, probably <laughs> st- it'll, it'll probably still be a good match
0: uh carl fredericks against lance archer i'm like i'm actually pretty excited for that one mm. i think like they might have some like carl fredericks is like taller than you probably think he is so he'll look bigger against lance than i think people might expect and that that could be pretty cool uh then we have jude robinson and mikey nichols against clark Connors and alex Coglin. yes mikey nichols he does still exist uh rocky romero and yo against god and jato uh, then we have, okay. This is the match that actually, absolutely made me lose my shit when they announced this. Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, folks, is going to team with the Rock and Roll Express to face Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. What? <laughs> what? Like this is like the the most what the fuck match. Like this is this is the kind of match that like I might book in Fire Pro Wrestling. You know. Like, this is like a fucking Gato for whatever, his other, whatever else false he might have. He is a fucking exploding brain genius for putting this one together. I have to give him his due here. Like, this is great. So I cannot wait to see in 2019, I am going to a new Japan Pro Wrestling show in New York City to see Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takagi fight the Rock and Roll Express. That's really happening. That is so fucking cool. And Tanahashi's going to team with them. I just hope, like, Shingo... Like, someone has to explain to Shingo that, like, they are very old men. (laughs) And, like, their bones... (laughs) Their bones might turn to dust if he tries to lariat them as hard as he lariates other people. But, yeah, I cannot wait for this. Uh, And I think we're definitely getting the triple air guitar, too. So I'm very excited.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, And then the semifinal. Another, like... uh, Not semifinal. They're from the top. I, I tweeted this earlier, but, like, imagine going back 10 years and telling somebody, uh, you know, in, in 2009, 10 years from now, the Amazing Red will work through from the top on a New Japan Pro Wrestling show in his hometown of New York City. People will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? What does any of that mean? But, yeah, so Amazing Red is going to be teaming here with Tomiho, H-E, and Hiroki Goto against Jay White, Chase Owens, and Gato. Uh, that could be another fun one. I think that's like a little bit of a sleeper match, even though it's very obviously Gato's getting pinned. Mm-hmm. And then the semifinal, uh, Kenta against Yoshihashi for the never-openweight title. Um, I, I totally get are if, if, if your first reaction to this match is, who gives a fuck, I totally get it. The only defense I will make of this is, I liked how he leaned into the obvious issues with yoshihashi is never title challenger Well, basically they had him cut a promo at kobe where he's like because kenta went after him a lot during the match and seemed to like almost be trying to bait him into challenging for the never title and they, they actually had yoshihashi do a promo where he just says flat out he's like i know what you're doing you're targeting me because you think it'll be an easy defense an easy way to extend your reign but you know what i'm doing it anyway we're gonna have this match and i'm gonna prove you wrong I think that's like that was like just it was a really cool promo. I'm not even doing it justice, and you know I thought one of Yoshi's best promos ever, maybe. So I definitely recommend going to YouTube and watching it. But like, it takes an amazing amount, amount of like self awareness and like you know vulnerability that you don't normally see in a pro wrestler to just come out and be like, "I know you're targeting me because I suck, but I'm gonna prove it by not sucking." So that's kind of or prove you're wrong by not sucking. So yeah, I mean, I just thought that was a really cool promo. So maybe a little more excited for this match. And who knows? Maybe they'll go out there and have a banger. You know? You never know. I don't know. Anybody toss a Kenta and Yoshi?
1: Like, that's, you said that's the main event, right? No, semi-main. Oh, okay, some semi, Okay. If that was the main event, I'd be a little more worried. But since it's semi-main, I think they they could go out and have a good match. I've liked New, like, new Japan, Kenta, more than some people seem to. But... Me too. So we'll, we'll see. I, and I, Yoshihashi doesn't bore me as much as some people either. So I don't know. It'll, it, I'm not, I can't say I'm excited for it, but I'm not like mad it's happening. Like some people
0: are. Yeah. Some, some people really seem angry. So. Uh, then the main event, Okada and Kota Ibushi against Evil and Sonata. I predicted this for New York main event, like a month ago. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. It's just very, it, it's, a, it's a really cool, it, it's, a, it's a cool match. I think the some of the shine is off a little bit because they're doing it again on October 7th in Corican, which I wish they wouldn't do that because it almost means like, well, whoever wins this, you know, it could just be a trading, the two teams trading wins things type thing. But I still think they can have a really good match here. Um, I assume like either Sonata will get like a flash pin, on okada to like remind you that he can win that way or maybe evil Panabushi or something i don't know but if uh you know if if okada and bushi here win here i won't be shocked either just because maybe that way then they'll have evil and sonata win you know the corkin match um and maybe ha- try to have okada and bushi like send the crowd home happy but yeah i don't know
1: yes yeah, so yeah uh, i think it'll be a good match, but. I could I could see it either going going either way it's it's hard to tell since none of them should be getting beat but it kind of have to pick somebody
0: yeah I don't know and some of the, I will say some of the people complaining about this card because I see like some of them in the in the comments on the new Japan site it's like luck it's it's a fucking it's a two thousand like less than two thousand seat venue I don't know if, if you really thought you were getting like fucking dominion or something i don't know what to tell you like this is this really is not far below a destruction show and this is basically like this is you know it's basically destruction of bepu and this is a destruction of bepu sized venue <laughs> so i don't know what's like really that surprising I, I mean i'm pretty there's some cool stuff here that i'm excited to see i'm sure it's gonna be a fun time
1: well yeah it's like we're we'll, we'll get to philly next but people are really complaining about that card and i'm like you've seen what new japan's brought here before Outside of Dallas and MSG, they're not really gonna bring you like really huge matches. You're not gonna get like an IGB, uh, a main title defense or an IC title defense. They're they're gonna give you basically road not road two shows, but well, close enough.
0: Philly basically is a road two show. Yeah, but the pretty much two, the other two are like, like probably like destruction and and like like I said destruction in Beppu or like Rusting Hino Kuni level, which given. The venue sizes—they probably should be. So I don't know. It feels like, almost like Americans being like, "Well, how dare you not give us fucking king of pro wrestling in in a fucking fifteen hundred seat venue?" I'm like, "What do you want? They're not going to do that, obviously." If you bought a ticket to the Hammerstein Ballroom thinking you were going to Wrestle Kingdom, I guess you were fucking disappointed. I don't know. Americans yeah, are very it's like,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like I bought tickets to see them. Like period, I didn't buy tickets to see them in like huge matchups. I I got. You just should been, know you're not going to get huge matchups generally.
0: Yeah, I mean the expectation levels are just very out of whack. So I'm, I hope people. I'm sure the people are actually going to have a good time, but the complainers are like just like do you? It makes me feel like do you watch New Japan? I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very standard New Japan card. Uh, Philly, 2300 Arena on Sunday, uh, Rock. Romero versus Clark Connors as the opener. Then Mikey Nichols versus Carl Fredericks. Alex Coglin versus Lance Archer. Brandon Narita against Amazing Red. So definitely a lot of Young line stuff here, but because mm-hmm. a lot of people are tied up at the event, you kind of have to do that. Uh, Juice Robinson, Sho and Yo against Naito, Sonata, and Shingo. That could be pretty fun, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: And the semifinal, Ibushi and TJP against Evil and Bushi. An interesting match.
1: Yeah, we're getting... uh coming together of a former nxt tag team tjp and ibushi
0: were they really an NXT tag team? Yeah. i don't even know yeah
1: that. yeah i think it was like some tag team tournament back when ibushi was still there for the cwc yeah they teamed up for like a second it might have been in like the dusty Rhodes classic but i can't remember but yeah they teamed mm-hmm. together and i they dabbed apparently i forgot about that but i saw a picture of it and a little scarred from it remembering it
0: well it shows you what i know i have no idea and then the main event, the special elimination match, uh, a six-on-six elimination match, Tanahashi, Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, and the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson against the Bullet Club of Jay White, Kenta, Tama Tonga, Loa, Chase Owens, and Gato. Uh, if you don't know what New Japan elimination rules entail, I hope they will explain this. It is over-the-top rope eliminations. So that means you can, you can eliminate somebody by throwing them over the top rope to the floor. Uh, these matches are really fun live. If you've never seen them, I was lucky enough to see one at a cork in, uh way back in 2016 when I went to, on my very first trip to Japan. So I think the the crowd will really get a kick out of this. I think you know, especially if you go in uh, with an open mind. And you know, you'll, it, these matches are rarely bad. Like they're very rarely bad. So hopefully they they do a good good enough job explaining the rules to people so they they know that like over the top rope to the floor is elimination. But yeah, I think this could be really fun.
1: Yeah, I'm happy. I'm getting the Rock and Roll Express in this environment rather than a strict tag. And Bullet Club's going to be over probably, so I don't really mind that they're just all shoved into one match instead of yeah. seeing like uh, like multiple Bullet Club matches. Rather than just get it all out all the way. And is this the only show Jay's on? Uh,
0: no, Jay's on all three nights. The only okay. the, the only difference here is like Okada's not on the show so uh but yeah i mean i'm it should, should be three fun cards i'm really excited for philly and very excited for new york so and then we'll wrap this up here really quickly with the october 7th Corky. i'm not going to go match by match but like i said the main event is okada ibushi and evil and sonata uh the semi-name we're doing like a hiroshi tanahashi 20th anniversary match series so it's tanahashi Honma, and yoshihashi against makabe yano and taguchi and then for King of Pro Wrestling, which they finally announced a full card, I will do a more detailed review of that in the coming weeks, but um, worth noting that the El Desperado is making his comeback finally in the opening six-man with Taguchi and Rapunki 3K against Desperado, Kanemaru, and Doki. Uh, Liger and Suzuki is happening here, and Ibushi Evil, along with the previously announced matches. So uh should be fun. We'll see, you know, where things go after that, but... I expect Suzuki Liger will be like a non-finish or a non-match or something, and then they'll come back at Power Struggle or even the Dome. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any differently about that? No. Nah,
1: do I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I definitely think Liger-Suzuki isn't going to happen, and they'll continue it probably to the Dome, at least the first night, because his retirement match is on the 5th, I think, so they could still squeeze something in the 4th, do a Kishin match against Suzuki and then do like a normal Liger match the fifth to actually do the send off.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's a cool way to like send them off here instead of just being like a, you know, a, a slow goodbye towards like this blood feud. is <laughs> really cool.
1: Yeah, I like that he's uh, actually has a story progression on his way out instead of just having big matches against people.
0: Yeah. So that'll wrap up for New Japan at this point. So let's move on over to All Japan. And they did the seventh Odo tournament. Uh, uh, there's no word when, like, spelled out in, you know, in Romaji that I have more of a problem pronouncing in Japanese maybe than Odo because it, it looks like a word, like, you pronounce a certain word in Eng- a certain way in English, and it's not that, like, you, you think you're supposed to say, like, Ojo or something. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. it's obviously not Japanese. It's was very annoying. But yeah, I think I did that wrong last week. Oh, doe. It's just like a long O and another long O at the end. Uh, the Odo tournament in Shing... We already did the first round last week, so we're picking up with the second round and into the semifinals and finals. So we're only going to do the tournament matches here, but beginning with nine eighteen in Shinkiba, first ring, we had Shuji Ishikawa against uh, Taishi Takazawa from 2AW. Shuji won in 1357 with the Splash Mountain to move on to the semifinals. Uh, I thought this was awesome. Uh, Takizawa like really went after Shuji at the belt and like focused on his arm for a while. shuji made this, like this great fiery comeback, and you know they had like a really great back and forth exchange, ending with like this huge backdrop by Shuji. Um, and then Takizawa goes back to the arm, and you know, there's really great drama for the arm bar after his work earlier, but Shuji makes the ropes. And then Takizawa hits, like, this huge, like, sit-out fire fire Thunder Driver and a big Variant. Or, you know, he takes it. I'm sorry. He takes a huge sit-out fire Thunder Driver at a big Variant, but kicks out at one. And there's another great flurry from Sh- Shuji before he puts him away with the Splash Mountain. I went four and a quarter. I really like this. What did you think of Shuji and Takizawa?
1: I went four. really liked it. Basically the same points as you did, you had. I like them the going fast-paced from the very beginning. And Shuji kind of working from the bottom until the end. And I, I really like the closing stretch of it. But, yeah, not much more to say than what you said.
0: Uh, Kento Miyahara and Jiro Ikemen uh, Kuroshio. That went 1655 and Miyahara won the be shut down German Suplex. You can start on this one since you're a Wrestle 1 guy here. Obviously, you have a lot of attachments to Ikemen, I would assume. What would you think of this one?
1: Uh... A lot of people were saying, like, not a lot of people, but I've seen people saying that this was Eikemen's best match of the year. I'd put it up in his top three, maybe top five. I went four and a quarter. Like, I'm gonna have investment anyway because I, like you said, I'm wrestle one guy. Eikemen's my guy for now until we'll we'll see what happens after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna love him anyway, but any, but I also love Kento. He's one of my favorite wrestlers this year and in general. But I think you said on the pod the last time you were talking about this tournament. It's really weird this isn't isn't in a Corkin. Like yeah. you, you think they'd want to use Ikaman to pop a crowd because he's over. But they only they only ran Corkin like twice this tournament, didn't they?
0: They only ran it once.
1: Oh it's only once.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, this match it started off hot. I loved Ikemen taunting Kento and like no selling his moves at first. Ikemen was selling really well when he got thrown into the post. I think it was like middle of the match. He like basically did a flip that was really funny to me. And it looked
0: like
1: he, like, it it looked good. He was really selling for Kento. I love the reversal sequences that led into multiple pins for Ikemen. I liked Ikemen's like. Because, you know, everyone reverses the straightjacket German at first. I liked how Men did it into a pin, a roll-up pin attempt. And it was later in the match, I liked that Kento was trying to block Ikeman kicking him, and then inevitably failed to do it. But I also liked that men went for double moonsaults and just kept failing, and then eventually just lost i don't know it's hard to describe but <laughs> <laughs> yeah doing play, I do love play he but yeah he did, Go the ahead. Jacket,
0: he did the jacket pin after the double moonsault i thought was i always mark out for the jacket pin I mm-hmm. like, he's gonna pick me hard with the jacket pose pin but no it didn't happen. uh but yeah this i went I, again i was like a quarter star higher than you i'm four and a half I thought it was awesome um, you know i thought jiro was just like you said sold his ass off um you know, just by the time it was over, I just, it felt like he, you know, re- like took Kento to the limit. So I thought this was really, really good. Um, you know, any match where I just type this RULES in all caps at one point yeah. my notes is obviously a match I really loved. Uh, and I just – Jiro just like – Jiro manages to make a very silly spot, which is like those jacket-like shots actually look cool. So that's not easy to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so there you go. Uh, but yeah, just – I thought this was Jiro's best match of the year, probably, but I, you've probably seen more than me. So,
1: Well, i say above this, I'd put both the Sasaki ladder match and the uh, Takashita title defense.
0: Yeah, I think I saw both those. I think I liked this better than both of those. But for sure, the ladder match. I think the Takashita won too. But this, I mean, those the ladder match, I, I think it was only like three and a half on, but the the Takashita match, I liked a lot. I don't remember what I gave it, though. Uh, then. We had September twenty second at Osaka Idio Arena number two. Only did five hundred and sixty three fans, unfortunately. Uh, Jake Lee defeating Kai in seventeen twenty seven with the backdrop suplex. Um, I thought this started kind of slow, but then once Kai hit the dragon screw from the apron to the floor, uh, you know, it just uh, Jake Lee like crashed really hard. I thought that looked cool, and then Kai really like targeted the leg, leading into a figure four back in the ring. Um, you know, which was a good spot. And then Jake Lee by the fine, the really exciting closing stretch and then with Lee winning with the backdrop. Um, but I can't really go higher than like three and a half because I just felt like they completely blew off all the legwork. So it, I mean, it was a good match, but it wasn't like super blow away, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. I went, uh, I went 3.75 just because of some of the character work in it. I liked Kai taunting the fans, basically the entire match, especially at the beginning and when they were doing the uh, leg holds, uh, I can't remember what part of the match it was, but Kai kind of realized, "Oh shit, Lee, Jake's really close." So he like um, crawled his way back to the middle of the rings to make sure Lee, Jake couldn't grab the rope. And then I liked at the end, you said like they basically threw away the leg work at the end. It was near the end. Uh, Jake kind of couldn't go for the pin after I forgot movie hit. But he couldn't go for the pin because he was just holding his knee. But yeah, it's like it was it was a good match, but not like stellar or anything.
0: I mean, that is a good point. I, you're, I I guess I either missed that or forgot to note it. But um okay, so let's see. The finals, the final night of the oh no, I didn't do the other match yet. have Nomura <laughs> against Zeus. Uh this one this one Zeus won in twenty two forty five the jackhammer. I was a little surprised. I kind of thought they were gonna do um you know kento and Nomura again maybe but they decided to go to kento zeus um this is i thought this was really good it was like a really good bomb throwing match uh quite awesome both hit like a you know a ton of big moves you'd expect it didn't maybe hold my attention as well as you want for tw- nearly 23 minute match but you know i still thought it was that what what did hold my attention was really good um and there was like some really really great near falls towards the end including on like a giant zeus lariat um right after the 20 minute mark before zeus finally put him away at the jackhammer i went four stars i thought it was quite awesome but just um you know maybe a little bit below you know like super super high level i guess
1: yeah i pretty pretty similar to you. It didn't hold my intention that well, but like nothing was bad about it. And like at the beginning it sort of felt like they were stalling a bit just to, like I don't know if it was to increase the length or anything, but it felt really lo- slow. A lot of stuff on the outside, but I still went like 3.75, so it's like it was a good ma- it was a good match. Just didn't get to the next level.
0: Yeah. Um and then as far as well, that's it for that show. Them September twenty third in Nagoya, some good attendance news for Once for All Japan. Um, this did one thousand five fans, super no vacancy. Uh, that's up from their last couple shows in Nagoya. They the Champion Carnival only did six ninety four. Uh, the Dream Power Series did six seventeen in March with a uh, All Asia Title Match event. So. You know, maybe that wasn't as big of a show, but still, better, better than the champion Carnival did. That's pretty good. So I think you know a good a good sign there for their attendance, given they've had some uh, you know some, some bad um, you know attendance numbers at first. Um, then, as far as the tournament matches here, we go with Kento Miyahara and the and Zeus in a which went eleven oh five for Kento, won't the Japanese leg roll, clutch hold. Um, I thought this was a good match, but, you know, it only went 11 minutes, and it felt like they were both kind of saving themselves, especially, I mean, Kento saving himself in the main event. But, you know, I still won three and a half. It wasn't, like, a match I disliked or anything. Just, you know, definitely not, like, a Kento Zeus big match show or a big show main event or anything.
1: Yeah, so I went three and a half as well. It was, it was a nice little sprint. You could tell Kento was saving himself. And the only real note I have about this is that I really found it funny Kento and Zeus running like full speed up the stands to get to the or get to the wall to so Zeus could bang him in the head with on the wall. Like just the image of them running up the stairs was really funny to me. But other than that, it was, it was a good sprint.
0: Yeah. Uh, then the other semifinal, Jake Lee beating Shuji Sakawa nine sixteen via referee stop. Uh, this was like on its way to being pretty good, and then it just ended off that high kick that just did not look like it should be causing a referee stoppage., uh, it just didn't look like much, so I don't know. I only went three stars. I think it could have definitely could have been a lot better.
1: Yeah, I went three and a half on this too. And it's the same thing you said, like it I feel like it could have gotten there, gave it a couple minutes and not end that weird way. Lee's cooks yeah. or at least, uh, Jake's kicks look really good sometimes, but other times they look really weak. And the one that landed the finish, it didn't look like it should have knocked him out. And that, yeah, that, that kind of hurt it for me.
0: And then the, the, uh, Odo tournament final, Jake Lee beating Kento Mihar in 2359, the backdrop suplex. What'd you think of this one, TJ?
1: Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked their champion carnival final match a lot more, but I liked how momentum was swinging back and forth the entire match. Lee would force Kento to the like Lee uh, Jake forced Kento to the floor, and he got the upper hand for a little bit. But then Kento just took momentum back. Started with a bunch of head butts, took control back, and Kento kept playing to the crowd the entire match, or at least especially at the beginning. He was just toying with Jake the entire time. Uh, near the middle, I like that Kento like went for the knee spam and Jake just dodged it. It just did like that tapping his head like that meme. It's like, oh, I know, I know what you're gonna do. Uh, they at one point they were on the apron. I, uh, I think Kento did it. He he did the suplex. Jake was on the apron and just suplexed him straight to the floor. That that was pretty crazy. And I like uh, Lee nearly got counted out at one point, And Kento was laying in wait. He knew he was going to get back in the ring. And as soon as Jake got back in, Kento hit him with a knee and then immediately suplexed him again. And I'm not sure I like the finish. Like, it goes a bunch of knee strikes into a backdrop, but just, if just taking it off the backdrop, I don't like that being a finish to be Kento. But Closing stretch in general was pretty great. And I went four and a quarter on it.
0: All right, well, this is like our big gap because I did not like this that much. I only went three and a quarter. Um, I just thought it was like really dull early on until they like finally went a little nuts with each other on the floor. And then like there was another like really, really dull stretch where like, I don't know, there's like a long Kento chin lock. I'm just like, what are we doing here? And the- it's the Odo Finals, do something. But you know, I, the closing stretch was good, but it, it wasn't like the super blow-away closing stretch I was expecting. And then, like like you, I thought the finish was like very anticlimactic. Like that's how you beat Kento Miyahara, yeah. This man who like basically cannot be pinned. He just gets hit with some knees and a backdrop, and he's pinned. I just thought that was like, I don't know. They've I would have rather had Jake Lee pin him with a fucking cradle than do that. Like because like mm. this, this finish just felt it didn't feel like. It didn't feel like Kento like Kento was really beaten. It didn't make you feel like, okay, Jake Lee beat him like the way he would beat him to win the Triple Crown from him, you know? It just felt mm-hmm. like, Kento, well, it's the Odo tournament. It's not the Triple Crown title match, so Kento can lose here. It just didn't feel earned. Like, I think if Jake Lee had, after all this, after how unbeatable Kento's been, he won the fucking Champion Carnival this year. I mean, when Marifuji won beat him for the Champion Carnival last year, he had to practically fucking kill him. Before he pinned him finally. Mm -hmm. And here it just felt like, it just felt like, wow, it's time for Jake to lead a win. So here we go. I just, I don't know. I didn't like this. I I mean, I went, I still went three and a quarter on it. It's not like I hated it, but like, I I really think they could have done a better job with Jake Lee's big win here. I think they should have, you know, they should have had Kendo like kick out and Jake Lee like go nuts and like, I don't know, hit three straight backdrops or something. Mm -hmm. They just really put the fucking X. on it and be like, you have to murder this man to beat him, and Jake Lee fucking murdered him. This just felt like well, Jake Lee beat him. <laughs> like, that's that. So I don't know. It's time for Jake Lee to beat him, so he beat him.
1: Yeah, I so, definitely think it needed to be know. more definitive. Like maybe we'll get that. Yeah. Like, I don't think well I mean, well, I guess we'll find out, but I don't <laughs> I don't think I don't think Jake Lee's gonna beat him. But
0: see, no no no. I, I don't think he is beating him either, and that makes it even more Important that he like destroy him here. Yeah, exactly. Like, kanto's gonna beat him for the title match anyway. Jake Lee should fucking kill him here. He should have murdered this man with like three straight backdrops. I'm more and more convinced that should have been the finish. It should have been a fucking like complete destruction because you have to kill this man to pin him. Like this was like you know, I mean, he beat him, but it just it did not feel. It, it felt like well, he beat him here, but you know, in the real match, the triple crowns on the line. That that would have been good enough.
1: So when know. it's like um the title match that just happened with Nomura, Nomura got more even more offense than Jake did here. Like he yeah. he he got the upper hand on Kento a few times during that.
0: So I don't know. I just I, I think it was a very badly booked match. I don't, I don't think it was like you know, whoever I don't I mean it could have been the two of them camp with the finish or whatever, but like whatever, whoever camped with that finish, I think, really needed to think harder about how hard it is to beat Kento Miyahara in 2019. And they really need to think harder about, you know, how to make Jake... Like, the goal here needs to be to make Jay Lee a star. They need Jake Lee to be a star. It's not as important, I guess, now that Nomura is really taking off. But, I mean, all Japan still would like Jake Lee to be something, right? Mm -hmm. And I still think... I still think... I I might be the last person on Earth who thinks this. I still think Jake Lee has something. I still think he has, like, some spark of potential. But, like, he needs to get around to showing a little bit more... And they need to book him better. I mean, they booked... That, I think, is an undercover part of this year. They have booked Jake Lee like fucking shit. So, I don't know. Like, maybe they just don't have the confidence in him, in him anymore. But I thought this was like... I don't know. I just didn't think this was a good a good Odo win for him. So, I mean, maybe maybe he destroys him to win the title. I just... I doubt it. I think it. Yeah. Him, so. uh, any final thoughts on the Odo? The Odo tournament, to me, because last week, talked about the first round was disappointing. The second round was the highlight, like the by far the best part of this tournament. If you if you listener haven't watched any of it, was that the second round. All four of the matches were like the lowest I had was three and a half. The other three were all four better. So the second round was really really good. The first round was just like eh, and the semifinals and finals were again like very anime. Eh so it was a weird tournament, but the second round was really good stuff.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Especially the nine eighteen that was. Probably easily the best day of the tournament, at least for tournament matches, with uh, Ikeman and Kento and Ishikawa and Takizawa.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it then for All Japan, and we'll see where that goes from here. Let's quickly talk some stardom before we get into the questions. The World Wonder Ring. Um, so I, I I got way, way behind on the, uh, on the stardom, and that's probably why you haven't heard a lot about the Five Star Grand Prix in the last few weeks. But we, I did watch the final, and I watched some other random matches, all involving Hanakamura, actually, so I'm going to go through them by date here, the other matches I watched. Uh, September 14th at nighttime, I saw Mayu Iwatani because these are afternoon and night shows, I should say. So the night show in Osaka, I saw Mayu Iwatani pin or, or lose to Hanakamura, I should say. Um, this was, I thought this was good. Maybe, maybe it was overhyped for me. I only went three and a half on it. But I just, it was a really good mix of like flying around and kicking each other's asses. I thought the highlight was the open, like the opening portion of the match where like Mayu had said during her pre match comments that she was expecting Hana to attack her either as she entered the ring or during the announcements. So when she entered the ring, she had this like really hilarious look on her face where she like looked at Hana like, don't you fucking do it. Don't you fucking do it. I'm ready if you do it. And she just like stared at her the entire time during that entrance. So I thought that was really funny. Um, and then, and then Hana did attack her during the announcement anyway, but she was ready and like, you know, fought back and stuff. So that was, that was kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know. Did you have this higher? It seems like, I think most people had this higher than I did.
1: Yeah, I went four on it. I didn't write a whole, I didn't really write much about it, but it's like you said, I love that opening, like the pre-match and then the attack angle. It's like Mayu knew Hana was going to come after her and... She did anyway, and it didn't really well, it paid off in the end, but it didn't pay off at first. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I kind so of binge of all all of this at once almost, so I won't have much to say <laughs> about a lot of them because they're gonna blend together a little bit. But other than the final, but yeah,
0: uh, September sixteenth in the afternoon in Fukuoka, Hanakamura against uh, Momo Watanabe. Okay. Before I talk about the actual match, I have to talk about this. Stardom fans have a little bit of a reputation for being creepy. I think it's a little unfair. I went to a Stardom show; there were plenty of non-creepy fans there, but there were definitely also some creepy fans there. And one of them was on hard camera during this match because, as after Hana made her entrance, this man, this, this this man, like pulls his shirt up and like starts scratching his belly like, right on camera, like, his exposed bare stomach just, like, scratched and rubbed it all over, and right, the camera right on him. I'm like, somebody need to tell this man, sir, you're on camera. We, we don't want to see you, like, scratching your gut, you know? It's just, like, that was not good. So, you know, that's not the that only man. time
1: that happened, by the way.
0: <laughs> you see uh,
1: with the final?
0: No, I didn't what it was the final.
1: Rossi did that. Oh! <laughs> He did that exact same you thing. See, like, he even had like his hand down his pants, it looked like.
0: It looked like this guy had his hand down his pants, too. Maybe he's Rossi's fucking long-lost brother.
1: I didn't Jesus. even see it until... I didn't see it at first until someone pointed it out on Twitter, and I was like, oh, God. I'm glad I didn't see that during I the match. I didn't
0: see it either. I didn't, I didn't see it either during the match, so you're not the only one. This what I saw during in Fukuoka. This man needs to calm down. Very gross. Um, but yeah, so Han and Momo, they started the. This- match by screaming and kicking each other in the face which is how every pro wrestling match would start uh then they took turns absolutely beating the fucking shit out of each other on the mat with those four, four just like really going in there um th- th- this is like where i, I made a little note I, I tweeted this at the time too like the thing i love about joshi is you know about really i mean hanukkah especially in this match especially but a lot of joshi wrestlers like, they really just act like they're in a fucking fight, you know, in a way that not all wrestlers do anymore. Really, I would say not most wrestlers do anymore. And it's like face or heel, it doesn't matter. They kick you while you're down. They fucking scrape their boot against your face. They choke you in the corner and choke you in the ropes. They act like they're in a fucking fight, and they're fighting not just to win but to survive. And that's always um, – I mean, look, this is – said this before. This is an idol promotion. They do not have to do this. And they beat the shit out of each other and, you know, because I I guess because that's what they want to do, but they, they have like a certain level of like respect for their craft, you know, and like, they really go out there trying to have something that looks like a simulated fight, which God knows you're not getting that if you, you know, turn on the USA channel or even frankly, watch a lot of new Japan matches, I mean, or all Japan. So it looks more like a simulated fight than a lot of wrestling does um but yeah this match was awesome it was stiff as hell uh they threw like total bombs for the fencing stretch uh and i went four stars on it and this is where i saw the tiger lily the missile drop pick in the package file driver i think for the first time and she promised to win the five star with it which did not come true but Anna did win the five star anyway but yeah this is awesome
1: yeah i love the match too i I went four stars also i love that tiger lily pile driver like she hits that really well and with how she won, I think she hit it on this in this match too. Or, or maybe it was the Hazuki match I'm thinking about, but that octopus like I think it's an like octopus hold. I'm really bad with moves sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: that whatever that submission is, like it looks brutal. She doesn't always win with it, but it's it looks painful putting people in it.
0: Is it a magigatame? I th-
1: I think that's the name. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, anyway, anyway. But-
1: it's it's really comparable to a wrestle one wrestler uh Daki and Aba. like they both hit it in the same way lock it in like fall while they're hitting it in it it looks painful
0: yeah i just say jujigatame that's what i mean. said <laughs> but i don't know if it is a Juji jujigatame or not but looking at a a dialogue uh, like a diagram of it but whatever um the September twenty second Korkin, the final night, I watched two matches. I watched Hazuki and Hana, which this was, again was awesome. Just a total fucking wild brawl. And you know, again, they beat the piss out of each other with the forearms. Um, you know, and Hana went with the Lotus Flower, just another ridiculously stiff, really fucking wild uh, you know, Joshu match here. I went four stars on this as well.
1: Yeah, I went four stars too. And like, basically the same points as you. It was great it was really good brawling. And just really stiff once they were in the ring.
0: And then the finals, which was Hanakimura and uh oh god, I just one Konami. Uh, do you think it was supposed to be Jungle Kiona? Maybe. I like
1: I think either Konami or Jungle would make would have made sense. Like I originally predicted it was going to be Kagetsu and do a rematch of that from that red title belt defense last year. But once I once we got to that point where it was going to be either Konami or Jamie because of how the points were. So I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. If it was going to be one of those two, I would have assumed it would have been Jamie. But I guess Konami is someone you can beat. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Konami fans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so Konami, you know, they're in the same unit. They're both in Tokyo Cyber Squad, but Konami, like, jumps her at the bell. It's like, how dare you after all Hana did for you, which was mostly call you ugly. <laughs> but <laughs> all that shit about her being plain Jane. Um, but, yeah, this was, uh, this was, you know, this was really awesome. Konami worked over her leg a lot because, you know, Hana had a big bandage there. Uh, I noted here that Hana's screams of pain are... Indistinguishable from her screams of rage because they just just screaming the entire match, whether she's screaming in pain or screaming in rage. Uh, her selling was fucking awesome here. Like at one point, Konami did a double stomp off the top on the leg, and I'm sure that hurt a lot anyway, so it probably helped. But she sold that like she was just shot in the leg. Like that, that was awesome. um And there's another point where Konami like transitions from an ankle lock into the leg trap German suplex, like beautifully like as beautiful of a transition as you'll see in a wrestling match this year and then the, you know hana just basically fu- hana looks like she's done but then she gets that submission out of nowhere which i love that finish it's just like you know no matter what you've gone through it's a it's again it's it's supposed to be a fight just like any um, mma fight you can catch someone' with a submission out of nowhere and beat them and that's like what happened here and you know konami destroys her like all masters but, but she just got caught so you know i went four and a quarter this was Fucking awesome. Uh not quite as good as the final last year, Utami and Mayu, but still a really awesome match.
1: Yeah, so I'll say I went four and a quarter too. Did you did you watch this unspoiled right?
0: No, I or was spoiled, did you? actually
1: Okay, yeah. I I was I wasn't spoiled because thankfully I was, when I was watching this, the timeline worked out that they put up the finals as soon as I was done watching Kobe. So I basically put this right back on right on afterwards. And Konami came out first. And again, sorry, Konami fans, but I saw she came out and she was the blue block winner. I was like, oh, well, who's going to beat her? Like I I had no faith that Konami was going to win this. It is really, like it's interesting that Konami's in the finals for both of the major tournaments. I think that was one of the questions, so I'll deal with that later. But I, I knew Hana was going to win the whole match, so it kind of took me out a little bit. But... Uh, Konami going so like rag, like uh, relentless on Hana really helped the match a lot. Her like her working on Hana's leg the entire time. I like that. I'm kind of it's kind of interesting they did do a leg match for this for the finals to me, but they still they did it well and I love the finish like you said.
0: Yeah. So overall, uh, do oh do you want to go through some other like just not review them but just like list some other five star matches you really like just in case listeners haven't seen them.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, check out Arisa versus Utami, August eighteenth. Momo versus uh, Saki eight twenty five. Konami versus Utami eight twenty five. Uh, Mayu versus Tam nine seven. Momo versus Tam nine one. Uh, Arisa Konami nine one. Jungle Natsuko nine seven. Jungle Kage two nine eight. Jamie Konami nine fourteen. And then all the HANA matches we already talked about.
0: Yeah. I mean HANA, you know, this was like her big coming out party, and I think she was really great here.
1: So. Yeah, her last stretch of matches were all really good.
0: Yeah. So I mean that's what you want, you know. So you cool it. Do you think she wins the red belt?
1: Yeah. Like, I do.
0: I'm gonna say no. It just feels like some the way they book. I think she's gonna suffer at least one more big setback and then maybe go for the white or something, but I don't know. Like,
1: I think the red belt makes more sense for her, just, like, I haven't been following Stardom for that long, but judging from, like, the feels of the belts, I think the red belt that's, suits her more.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. All right, you talked me into She's going to win. Uh, and then, so definitely check out the rest of the five-star on um, Stardom World. All right, let's get into the questions. We actually have a whole bunch. So, at P Cakes Midwest... Will Hiromu finally make an appearance after the Liger, Suzuki, or Junior match during King of Pro Wrestling? And he attaches a gif of Mr. Rogers putting on the clown mask. Uh, yes. I'm just going to say yes. Why the fuck not? It's happening.
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of predicting too. Bushi needs someone to team with for Tag League. For Junior Tag He's League. And it's right after King of Pro Wrestling.
0: Yeah.
1: Like They could bring someone back, or they could bring Kawado back or something, but either they're going to have Bushi just sit out that tour, which wouldn't make no sense because they need junior tag lead, junior tag teams for that, or Herm is coming yeah. back, and they're going to ease him back in and challenge whoever has the junior title, I guess. Uh,
0: at Alphonse0079, is there a ceiling for how good a young line match can be? Is there a match that stands above the rest? So I gave a young lion match four stars in this tournament. It only happened once. It was like very early on. Um, You know, so I guess that right now is my ceiling because I didn't go, you know, higher than four or anything. But it was the uh, match between Alex Coughlin and Yoda Suji all the way back on September 4th at Kurgan. I went four on that match. I just, I thought it was fucking awesome. So, you know, maybe that was like, maybe some people might even say that was an out to lunch rating, but. I was in a good mood that morning. I guess I don't know. And they just chopped the shit out of each other, and had a. It just felt like a such a great match. I'm like, I I thought about it a lot. But I'm like, why shouldn't I just go four? I think I would go four if these were just two random guys. So, you know, why not? But I mean, clearly, they're going to have limits because like they can only do so much and only get so much time, and you know, they're still a little greener. But maybe so. Maybe four is a limit. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, so that match you're talking about, I went 3.75 on it. I really like that. But I also went four stars on a Young line match during this. I went four stars on Uemura and Narita from Night 9. It was like right after Kagoshima. I make maybe the same as you. I was maybe just in a good mood that time when I was watching it. But I really enjoyed that match.
0: Yeah. So I guess four is our answer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, at Ant765 and this, uh, Tony, this is more question for you since you saw a lot more of it. I need your standout and most disappointing from the 5-star.
1: Uh, standout would probably, would probably be either Konami or Hana. I think Konami was more consistent the entire tour but Hana, that final stretch, was a lot better and plus Konami was in the last match so that helps her too but disappointing like i don't really know i didn't really have anyone that outright disappointed me like b didn't really have a exciting tournament for me but i wasn't expecting her to like i liked her match with kaga too that was really good but and then avery i didn't really expect much out of her she basically did what i expected her to so i don't really have it most disappointing
0: uh at bloody sauce day who do you think are the next three World of Stardom champions going to be? He's uh, really challenging there. Not just the next champ, but the next three.
1: Um, I think uh, I think is the next red belt or next champ. I'm gonna say you Momo know? beats her for it, yeah. and, and then- either Utami or or Azumi, or not Azumi. Either Utami or Hazuki is going to beat Momo for
0: it. All right, so write that one down. I guess we'll find out. I'm like judging by how often starting those title changes, we'll find out in three and a half years.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and does Hanakamura and Hanakamura? Oh, I don't know. He he. Sorry, he worded this a little wrong. A little weird. I mean, I guess he means will Hanakamura take Momo's place as ace, or <laughs> before she even really gets there? I don't think Momo's going anywhere, buddy. I think they're going to be like competing aces, you know?
1: Yeah, I think if Hana wins the red belt, she's not going to hold it for that long. I think Momo's going to take it from her. And I think. Momo's the ace. Yeah, Momo's the ace. That's who they're building. And yeah, they're going to be secondary people. But I think I'd almost put Hazuki above Hana in that. Yeah, uh, Hana just won the five star, but. I think they see a lot in Hazuki as Momo's rival. Uh,
0: Dylan Fox says, what is the best inanimate object in stardom? Hana's light-up sword, Jungle's gun, Kagetsu's blade, Natsu's hat, or Pichon? I-, I have to go with Pichon here. I love Pichon.
1: I'm going to go with the light-up sword.
0: Wow. Traitor to Pichon.
1: I do like that after the when they were handing out the awards that uh, Tam put P-Chan on top of the trophy.
0: Yeah, that was so awesome. I love Tam. How can you not love Tam? Uh, at Ice Age coming. Is Azumi the best 16-year-old wrestler ever? I don't. I, I would love to know who's better. <laughs> I can't think of anybody. I mean, Junot Gama didn't start under 18, did he? I, I have guess. no idea. So, I mean, look. Azumi's up there. If, if she's not the best, you know, she must be at least in the top three so
1: yeah say from uh, what i tokyo, know i'd go with her
0: <laughs> yeah he's, he's she's so good already i mean look she's better than momo was at 16 and look at momo now so i don't know i mean the sky seems like the limit for azumi tokyo cyber alex thoughts on this bjv team that they set up so they're gonna there's gonna be people don't know there's gonna be a cross unit queen's quest and uh Oedo Tai team for the upcoming tag league what do you think about this
1: Uh, I'm not really sure. Like, and maybe it'll make the draft a little bit in, more interesting whenever they do that next year, if they decide to do it again. But as far as like what's happening now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they go through the thing. They lose the finals or something like that. Jamie goes apeshit and like attacks B and challenges her. If B stole still the champion, but I don't know what they're going, where they're going with this.
0: Jamie's really good. B is, B's gotten better, but I don't. I still don't think she's just goes Jamie. So maybe as a team they'll be great, though. Who knows? Yeah, the but two big four.
1: If I have to watch Jamie or watch B be in this, I think Jamie's a good partner for. Her. B, Especially B. if Jamie's in it more. Like I don't know. I'm not gonna be start hating on B right now, but.
0: Th- Some people really hate B. And I, you're one of them, but I don't. I don't really hate B that much. I don't.
1: Like, I, I, I'm. In, I'm. In, I'm not. I'm indifferent to her. Like she's fine. She. I don't think she's has really bad matches anymore. She's a lot better than she used to be. But yeah. it's just like I can't. I can't get into her matches. I don't know.
0: I mean, look. I what I will say for B is, she, seeing her on the AEW show was like fucking eye opening. And that that ta- that like uh, pre-show tag match. I guess it like fight for the fallen because it's like wow, this girl who looks like sometimes looks incompetent in stardom, looks like the fucking best rusher they have <laughs> in mm-hmm. AEW, which I guess just speaks to the, the standard in stardom. Um, at Seth's plot, uh, he said, I felt, I feel as if the Kenta-Yoshihashi match for the Never felt was under the radar candidate for match of the FSU tour. Uh, Kenta's Kenta and means side Yoshi's really good worker who steps in one of my matches with great talent. Thoughts. I we I think I kind of covered this already, but I, I basically said the same thing. I said I think Kenta and Yoshihashi can be a really good match if they you know they both have their working boots on that night.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like really the most important thing on the card or on the on the tour other than like the heavyweight title match and I think that'll be good, but I think Kenta and Yoshihashi has a higher ceiling. But we'll see.
0: At Mato underscore Soto. Would you agree with Arisa Hoshiki as most improved wrestler of 2019 and candidate of Joshi MVP? Um, Most improved, probably. I I mean, she was not someone I was that into before this year. She's been awesome. I don't know about Joshi MVP. That seems a little too far.
1: Yeah, like, I can't speak too much on the most improved because I wasn't following Sardom a lot when she first came back. But... She's definitely up there for, like, the Joshi I've liked the most this year, but I like Momo better this year so far. I've liked Maya Yukihi a lot this year. So, I don't know. I'd I'd probably pick, if I was going for Joshi MVP, I'd go either Momo or Maya.
0: I would say Suri or Momo or maybe even, like, Arisa Nakajima and Seedling, although I need to see. More of her recent stuff, but the stuff I saw was really good. Uh, oh, and no, then, I've
1: I've, I've gone. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I also liked uh, Julia a lot this year in Ice Ribbon. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't watch Ice Ribbon, so I can't, that I can't wait to. Uh, and it's one of the portions I always feel like I should watch and then just never, somehow never get around to it. And then he had one of the questions here. we said, Do you think, not want Naito, uh, do you think Naito will win the IWGP title? Will they get Nakamura and stay in that place? <laughs> I think he's winning at the Dome. I feel I feel stupid saying it, sort of, because it's fucking Naito and it's fucking Gato, and I'm always going to feel like I'm going to get Gato'd. But no, I think he's winning at the Dome. I again. I, it feels like the famous last words, but I, I... I mean, look, we didn't mention this. He had this article in Tokyo Sports where they may as well have been saying with like a fucking flashing red banner, he's the story. He's going to win because they're like, they had his dad there. They, they, people don't know. They run like, um, they run these stories in Tokyo sports that are angles. Basically like they run storyline, storylines in Tokyo sports. It's one of the ways new Japan, you know, does their storylines. It's, it's weird, but that's what they do. So this story was like Naito and the dad at like, at like a family restaurant with this reporter. Um, And, you know, the dad is like, "Uh, son, you have to take better care of your body. You're falling apart. You're pushing yourself too hard trying to win these double titles. And now you don't even have one. You know, you need to think about your life after wrestling. And Naito is like, you know, being like, oh, I I don't know, dad. It's like, come on. It's setting Naito up for the big redemption story now. His own father is telling him to quit. He's saying, I don't know if you can do it anymore. And he has to, like, fucking, you know... Come all the way back and win both belts in two nights. It just—it feels too perfect. But I don't—I don't know. Maybe—maybe maybe we're all being worked again. Maybe Gato is setting us all up again. But the best part of that story, by the way, is so the dad—the dad says to Naito, like, you know, there's life after retirement, son, or something like that. And Naito's like, no, this is a private matter, and like sends the reporter away. <laughs> and the reporter comes back, and Naito and the dad are gone, and the check is there. So the dab was in on it. The dab was in on the Dine and Dash. Even Tetsuya Naito's father is a Dine and Dasher. So that was really funny. I don't know. Do you feel differently from me?
1: I think it's happening, but I won't believe it until I see it.
0: <laughs> and That's a good way to put it. Uh, at Joshi is lit. For all Japan, he says, Who between Nomura and Lee should beat Miyahara and when? I think Nomura should beat him and I think Nomura will beat him, but I think it should be I don't know. I think they should just let Kento beat the Kawada record. Why right? not? Why not at this point?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think Lee is gonna do it, but I think that Nomura should. But I think you're like you said, I think he's gonna beat the record, and then whoever wins Champions Carnival next year is gonna beat him.
0: And then who the other question was what do you think of Konami reaching the final? of the five-star and the Cinderella tournament this year. I mean, I think it's awesome she rules. I don't know. I
1: I think it tells you that they trust her enough to be able to deliver in these final matches to help get people over. Like, I think that match with Arisa in the Cinderella tournament was really great. And obviously, we already talked about the HANA match. I think both of them did well in that match, did really great in that match. So I think that's a good spot for her. I don't know if she's ever going to win like a big singles title. But she's a good person to have to help get other people over. And I think them using her that way just shows they trust her.
0: See, I think they're going to give her a big win at some point. I think she's almost like the stardom, not the stardom Night but like the stardom Godo or something. Yeah, that's what, that's what I, I was thinking think in people, my head,
1: that she's comparable to Godo. Get,
0: I think she'll get the white belt at some point. I could be wrong. I just feel like she's going to get the white belt.
1: Is she signed to stardom yet? Or yeah, no, I'm I'm she
0: oh, she's still with that like independent maybe she's still with like that the technically independent like produce company, but she doesn't do any other dates anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, and then Guy Yeager says, Why El Phantasmo? That's it, just why? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He's okay if what he does, I guess. I uh, <laughs> just not not my favorite wrestler either. And he says also we'll the ballad of Jake Lee finally have a good ending now, or has his time passed? Well, I think TJ just said he thinks Jake Lee's going to win the title. Uh, I don't know if he will or not. I think his time may have passed. But we'll see, I guess.
1: Yeah, I like th- I, I think his time has passed, but I don't know if the company thinks that. Like, I think him being in the champion carnival final this year, losing, winning Odo, probably losing tells you that they're so committed to him even though Nomura's gotten like multiple title shots outshined Jake it feels like I still feel like they're more in line with Jake than Nomura right now we'll find out maybe they just have Kento come out and like squash him but I don't know it feels like they haven't given uh, up on Jake yet
0: yeah Liam D. McCann says who do you view as some of the biggest waste of potential right now Ayata Yoshida is one for me after this Odo final, Jake Lee is a clear guy who won't be his potential, sadly. Any other obvious examples? What do you think about this one?
1: Um, I think about this two ways, whether wasted potential from the company not using them or wasted potential of the wrestler having potential themselves and not utilizing it. As far as the company not utilizing someone with potential, I think they I think Wrestle One failed E. a lot. Like I think they should have given him a title run. I don't think it would have been like crazy. Like I, I would have just gave him the title, have him hold it for like a couple months and then drop it. But with how over he was, and still is, I think they should have ran with him for a little bit. But as far as um a wrestler not living up to their own potential, I'm not I'm I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, um, I can't think anybody right at the top of my head either. It's a tough question. I can give an example of the booking one while you think of a wrestler one. I think, uh, you know, I totally got why they didn't do this, but then I go all the way back to Dragon Gate, and after Nuriki Doi, um, you know, got kicked out of, I think, for Zerk at that point. I, he was just, like, such a hot baby face, and the crowds were so into him, and they really could have gone with him as a champion, but they'd never put the Dream Gate on him, and they, they had Yamato beat him, and I think the big reason why is because his last dream gate run, he, his big long dream gate run was kind of a flop, but like he was such a hot baby face at that time. And Yamato's title ring was like floundering. I still think, I think it's one of the all time booking mistakes not to go with Doyle at least for like six months or something and like give it a chance or you take the butt off off, off of him after like three months if he cools off really quick. But it just it felt like such a missed opportunity to me as far as like, you know, again, wasted potential to have a big run. Um, Trying to think of somebody who like wasted their own potential. It's a tough question. I mean, people used to think Yujiro Takahashi was gonna be a big star. I know that sounds insane, but I remember like when Yujiro was a young lion, um, you know, and I, I always trot this out as an example of how you can't really tell from young lions, like the that stewart guy that ran uh like Strong Style Spirit, which was like the big New Japan fan site at the time, and like pretty much the only New Japan fan site, he was, like, obsessed with Yujiro. Like, you would just get, like, nothing but Yujiro, Yujiro, Yujiro from him, especially if you went, like, on the message boards and stuff. Like, he loved Yujiro. And that was not a minority opinion at the time. Like, he was considered, like, a can't-miss blue-chip prospect. And, you know, look what happened to Yujiro, you know? Um, obviously, the career didn't turn out that way. So, you know, I think of that one right away. Like, it, there was clearly something there and people, I think, saw something there in him, and he just never really put it together as a singles guy. you know. And we talked a little bit – I talked a little bit about him uh, in the preview for the last, like, um, you know, the last Destruction show whatever, where he was, like, teaming up I get, with White against Naito. And, like, Naito never even got his revenge on him because, you know, Yujiro ends up with, like, a, a winning record against Naito in singles matches after Team No Limits split up because – You know, Ujio beat him in that G1 in 2014. I want to say it was the last meeting. And then, you know, Naito, by the time Naito was, like, really going and, like, really a a big star with L.I.J. and everything, Ujio was already, like, firmly, like, low card and just never got back into another G1 after, I think, 2015. So, obviously, you see where his career is now. He's, like, near the bottom of the New Japan Totem pole. So that's a very obvious one to me, at least. Um,
1: I got a weird one. Yeah, it's not necessarily because they they're living up to the potential now, but before they didn't. I guess I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about Dragon Gate, but T Hawk is an example of this. I think at least during the oh, yeah. Dragon Gate run, yeah. Like I didn't watch any of his was
0: Dra- a big too.
1: Okay, yeah, because so, I didn't mm-hmm. watch any of his Dragon Gate yeah. stuff really, but up until like he left and Strong Hearts became a thing, but I'm just watching him. Th- last year and especially this year it's just like how is he not a bigger thing than he was like he's one of my favorite wrestlers this year like I don't I don't know how Dragon gate failed him or he failed Dragon gate or however it went down I'm not sure because I didn't watch it but like I'm happy he's living up to it now but it's just I don't know
0: I realized by the way during that last part that we've had like a weird audio delay so Thing that happened to the flagship too last week, but I want to apologize to the listener if there's like any weird parts where we're talking over each other or something, but I think we do have, I don't know how it's going to sound on the actual file. But yeah, T-Hawk, I, that's a great example too. He never really lived up to his potential in Dragon Gate. And like I said, I think booking was a huge part of the problem. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to think of any other really obvious ones because um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say like, Ninety-nine percent of the WWE roster in the past like fifteen years, but you know it seems like a boring pick.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I thought about people from that, and I was like, that's more booking than anything with that. Like, yeah,
0: it's just it's, like nobody, nobody lives lives up to the potential there because, you could say everybody lives up to the potential there because their potential at WWE is to be a cog in the endless machine. So, like, of course, we're never going to get any like. You know, unless your name is Brock Lesnar, you're never going to really get over yeah. It. Um Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else really... There's probably somebody really obvious. I'm not thinking of I guess people thought Godot would be out of a GP champion by now. But, you know, like it doesn't happen for everybody. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's nobody...
1: I guess you could say Kushida yeah. if you want to talk about his heavyweight potential. But that's...
0: Yeah, I never thought that, though. I always thought he was too tiny. Um... You know, just a little bit too small to be an effective heavyweight. Mm-mm. I know that's not always a popular take, but... Um, I mean, I think he could have been a heavyweight. They could have... They easily could have made him a heavyweight and had him... Had compelling matches and the fans would have been fine with it. But I don't think he was ever going to be a headliner as a heavyweight. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, there's... There's other... There's... I mean, I guess... I guess when when he first broke out, um, people probably thought, like, like Maybach Tanaguchi was going to be a bigger deal... Then he ended up being because he was like this, you know, just like Noah was already kind of at a lull and like on their way, really on their way down. And then like this guy deep using, he's like, Oh, look at this big dude. You know, he's got a cool, kind of cool gimmick. And, but we didn't realize, I guess, that he was already really old when he started and he just never really improved. So I think it became quick player pretty quick. I guess it's more, more of a case. Like he didn't have as much potential as it looked at first. So but, yeah, it's a cool question, Liam. Thanks for sending mm-hmm. that one in. Um, at Ice Age coming, again, just, if I may have a second question, all Japan's normal booking, to be fair, is a wee bit dull. If you were to book another Miyahara title defense that might liven them up slightly from any realistic source, then who would you bring in? Why don't you go first, TJ? Who would you bring in for a unrealistic Kento Miyahara title challenge?
1: Um... I'd say either Shotaro Shotaro Ashino from Wrestle One or
0: that's a great one.
1: I'd like to see Nakajima again, but that's part of that's just cuz their history from uh Noah. Yeah. But I think it would be a good match anyway. But yeah, those two would probably be my picks.
0: Yeah, I mean Nakajima would definitely be one my picks for sure if it's not even like super realistic. If they could ever get ever against Strong Hearts him and T-Hawk would probably have a really good match.
1: Yeah, I'd really like to see that.
0: Um, I don't know who else. Maybe maybe if they bring in, like, Takashida from DDT, they could have, like, the endless kickout battle <laughs> where they yeah. both, like, the aces that refuse to die. That that would really be something. Um, I mean, fuck, maybe they could bring in... We're getting unrealistic, but still, like, he takes Japan dates. Keto versus Kenny, Battle of the Knee Strikes. So... I mean, that would be something, at least. Um, if
1: we want to go full Galaxy Brain on this, I'd love to see him versus Andrade.
0: Yeah. I mean, that to me is almost getting too unrealistic, but yeah. <laughs> if Andrade got, cut, Andrade got cut tomorrow or something, then, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and then finally, the uh, Vier- I'm sorry, this is the one name I was really bad with. Lior Poppismiminoff? <laughs> I'm very sorry, sir. If it's up to you, who is the new, next Triple Crown champion and the next GHC champion? Uh, Triple Crown, I would just do Nomura. I don't I don't think there's any real reason to get Galaxy Brain about this. I just think Nomura is the guy. Who would you do?
1: Yeah, I'd go with Nomura, too.
0: And then GHC is interesting. I think do you think Kenoh's gonna win? No, I don't think so either. So
1: I thought I, he might have, but then they debuted that new belt, and I was like, no, they're keeping that on uh, Kaito to, with that new belt.
0: I don't think Keno. I don't think Keno is winning. I, I don't know. There's no one. Obviously, I mean, I guess if I'm fancy booking, I'm going to go with the one that's gonna get tomatoes thrown at me from a certain segment of the audience. Hideki Suzuki GHC Heavyweight Champion. (laughs) Give me the Hideki title run.
1: Yeah, I mean, Suzuki's a good child. I I wish he was in N1. I was excited for that possibility, but if you want to have him win the belt, just go rough shot on the division like basically what Sugiura did, and then have Kaito overcome him in the end, that'd be neat, but as far as more realistic stuff, I'd I could see Nakajima winning or Keno eventually, just not now.
0: Yeah. Alright. So TJ, go ahead. Why don't you give us some plugs?
1: Uh, only plugs I really got is uh, Watch Wrestle One. It's my one of my favorite promotions. It's that's my corner of Twitter, I guess. Uh check out my pinned tweet. It has a WrestleOne in review this year up till July, I think. I don't know if I put August in. But, yeah, check that out. Oh, and my Twitter is at ASPIR underscore. And find all the Wrestle One content you there want there. And if you decide to check it out, you can ask me any questions. I'm willing to help anyone out watching it. And check out the Wrestle One English Twitter account. It is w1 underscore eng, I think. Let me, let me double check that. <laughs>
0: Don't know your own Twitter account. It happens, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's w1 underscore eng. And
0: there you can find promos
1: translated from at least the major shows, especially the major shows. I try and do other stuff, but life happens and yeah but yeah check that wordpress account out has all that has profiles for everyone match recommendations through 28 2018 2019 and then random stuff from before then and yeah that's that's about it
0: now now as you notice since i keep having tj on here to talk about anything but wrestle one i'm not really watching wrestle one lately but (laughs) hopefully someday (laughs) I get a chance to do that again. I was watching it, but like no one else was watching it. And I guess like a few people watch it now since the the Strongheart showed mm-hmm. up, but I just I probably really far behind, never caught up.
1: Yeah, so. it's been pretty exciting since they showed up. And part of them showing up is why I started that account. Like I've been following it for a couple of years now, yeah. but it wasn't until then. I decided it's like there's English for everything else. I'll give my shot. I'll try this out. <laughs> but it's been nice keeping a more focused eye on the promotion. It's helped me enjoy it more, especially actually reading the promos. i like just watching the shows.
0: Right. All right, folks. Thank you as always for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at wrestle omakase wrestling would not fit next week. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a episode with my buddy Quinlan on the new Japan shows in New York and Philly. I think we're going to record that Monday, actually, after um, I, you know, after we get back and, you know, do it that way. Because I don't know why else we record it for those attending those two shows. Um, The only thing I'm going to try, I'm thinking I'm trying as an experiment. I've never tried to do solo audio before. I'm going to try to do solo audio on the NOAA n one Victory Final from Osaka and the DDT Korkin, which are both, the NOAA ML Final just happened already and just aired. And the DDT show... Um, the DJ Corgans this weekend because you know Quinlan's my guest. I already said he could be on to talk the New Japan shows we're going to, but he hasn't really watched either of those promotions. So I'm gonna try to do that. We'll see how that goes. Recording solo audio for both those shows. If I don't if I hate it and I don't like it, I might just not include it in the episode and I might just do the uh just the New Japan with Quinlan, but we'll say. Uh in the meantime, like I said, follow us on Twitter. Uh, If you're going to be in New York this Saturday, I'll be at Pioneers for the Super Jcast slash Omakase meetup. Uh, Again, that's, God, I should have have kept that open. I think I said 29th Street. Uh, So that should be, you know, right over by, um, you know, Penn Station, like between 6th and 7th. So Pioneers Bar. So Pioneers Bar, you probably have Google Maps, you listen to this. And then the Sunday show, I'll be at the Jcast meetup at, uh, God, old man tolls, I think it's called. So yeah, yes. The, uh, old man. Oh, toll man, Joe's. There you go. 26 East Oregon Avenue. So that'll be Sunday at noon and Saturday at three. If you're around and want to say hi, uh, definitely come hang out. Um, but yeah, other than that, I guess we will see you next time. Thank you as always for listening. Bye-bye.